0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap for November the fifteenth of twenty eighteen. I am Nick here alongside Chris, and uh, Chris, it's it's about time we gotta we gotta roll initiative, roll up our characters, and play the new super awesome dark fantasy game that's just come out.
1: Ooh, well, all right, cool. Give me give me some of the details. I I love tabletop okay. games.
0: Okay, so uh, you. Uh, are in a world that is overrun by, uh, creatures of darkness okay. and, um, all of the women in it, uh, exist to be raped.
1: Okay. Um, okay. is that like the gimmick mechanic of it?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, well, you actually, you actually joke like that. There were games, there are a multitude of shitty games that have been made by people, or yes, there are very in-depth rape mechanics, Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I'm, I'm so, unfortunately well aware of that.
0: Yeah. So, actually, that's something we, yeah, I might, I might just, like, you know, look up the, you know, descriptions of shitty games and just start reading that instead of actually talking about the series, because it's kind of simple, honestly. <laughs> to, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about.
1: <laughs> there, there's, I, I think a good bit to talk about, if only because, so we're, we're giving a, a recommendation was for Goblin Slayer. And the reason yes. it's primarily happening now is because it is it is a somewhat of a hot topic, uh, mm-hmm. somewhat simmering down, but a hot topic within the, the anime manga community because the anime for it recently came out and animated the first scene. You know, the first episode includes uh, a rather graphic portrayal of rape, uh, which is the first chapter of the anime ba- or the manga, basically. So it's sort mm-hmm. of caught a larger audience, which has caught onto a larger discussion onto the series as a whole. So there's a lot of people talking about that and you get a lot of people talking about, you know, is it an awful series because of it? How does it compare because of that? Right. You
0: know, it, How can you even include that sort of material in a series? Is there an appropriate way to even address the topic uh, and portray it in manga and so on and so forth?
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of, a lot of discussions going on, so... I was not really sure what we were going to get with this. I knew that there was some level of controversy involving Rape at the start of the series. uh, And I knew next to nothing outside of that. I read a little bit of some of the discussion that was going on in our Discord about the series because we have a current recommendations tab where whenever we're getting ready for a recommendation, people can kind of put their thoughts there. So I wanted to read some of it because there was some good discussion on the series in there. Uh, And I'm, I'm trying to think... The best way I can describe this series, Nick, is uh, do you remember when you first started playing D&D and you were like maybe like 16, maybe even younger? I think
0: uh, I started playing when I was like 12. Okay. So
1: you may you may have passed over.
0: this. No, curve even younger, maybe. even younger, maybe. But yeah,
1: you may have passed over this curve. then, But there's that first one of those early D&D games you play when a lot of players are like in their early 20s, late, you know, late teens kind of thing. Uh, and uh it's awful (laughs) and everyone makes shitty characters that don't Mm -hmm. have character, like actual personalities. Mm -hmm. And uh, like one dude's like really oddly aggressive towards things. It's just kind of awkward and uncomfortable. And then you stop playing that game and you're like, is D&D awful? And then you play it again later. Like, oh no, it's much better. And that's,
0: you just have to play with the right attitude and uh, the right group kind of thing.
1: I I am curious because the series is, a D&D series. Like it's odd because it's not portrayed as a world of D&D but everything is right, right. just D&D like tabletop adventure like there's classes, levels, no characters actually have name they just kind of yeah. go by their positions. Um there's the idea of like quest givers and money and experience kind of in a way. Very yeah, people
0: are people are limited to a certain number of spells a day and that mm-hmm. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's very, very video gamey. uh Not unlike all the many, many anime that are based off of MMOs and stuff like that. Um, and it's just sort of strange because it's not like... Again, it's not like the gimmick to that. Like, you kind of have to assume the world works in this way. And maybe there's a deconstruction going on here. Because the entire premise is Goblin Slayer. He's... Goblin Slayer, that's his name as far as anyone really knows or cares because he only takes quests to slay goblins. The goblins in this universe, they're garbage, Nick. You don't care about goblins. They're poop. They give no money. No one cares about goblins despite the fact that they ravage farmlands by the by the countless dozens and hundreds and sometimes even 1000s There They're armies of goblins at points. But no one wants to deal with them because it's small peanuts because there's also demon lords apparently out there and all this stuff. It
0: kind of, it does kind of reveal the uh, contradictory um, structure of MMOs, where you know, like you know, we have uh, these early quests and like, okay, yeah, you know, early low level adventures, yeah, go kill, you know, some fucking goblins or whatever. It's like, well, you gotta think. It's like if that's a low level thing, then that means a lot of people are doing it. Therefore, there must be a lot of goblins out there to kill but everyone always moves on from them because it's a waste of time. So how many thousands of goblins are there that are constantly attacking people uh, under video game logic? And then it uses that to sit around to explain why they're such a ridiculous threat a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what Goblin Slayer is all about. The character in this case, he Mm -hmm. hates goblins. He despises them. So he only takes missions that go after goblins and they're like, Man, that's, you know, that dude's never going to advance in rank because he's not fighting anything that's, like, worth money. He's just fighting goblins. But, you know, goblins later is a kick because those goblins need to pay. That's basically it. I mean, there's not more to this. <laughs> I wish I could tell you there's more to it, but I don't know. He fights goblins, guys.
0: Well, you have to... You, know, you can't forget, uh, Chris, when he explains his tragic backstory. His family was killed by goblins. <laughs> <laughs> like... <you> know,
1: like <laughs> You ever, like, been at a table and someone shows up with their ranger and they're like, my name is Derek Orc Slayer and I hate orcs because my family was killed by orcs and I hate orcs. I have a plus 10 to kill orcs and, like, you're in a mission and DM's like, you see tracks on the ground. He's like, are they orc tracks? Like, no, not everything is orcs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Derek, you can.
0: Get- That's basic. <laughs> it is basically like that. Like, uh, that person shows up to the game, and then they find out that the campaign is not structured exclusively around their very narrow specialty. So then they go and write their own story for their character to have, where they are at the center of attention and slaying orcs, or in this case, slaying goblins, is the most important thing that there is in the entire world, and they look like a badass all the time because they're so good at doing this one thing. Uh, we we kind of gave uh, year, years ago, we did uh, a D&D campaign uh, where uh, Gav uh, played a ranger named Soraya and she fucking hated goblins and would we, go out of her way to track down and hunt and kill goblins if the opportunity arose. And we gave him a little bit of crap for it because compared to the other PCs in the group, she was a little bit of a shallow character. But there was a little bit more to, to that because we kind of, like, dragged Gav kicking and screaming into role-playing with the rest of us. <laughs> That's that is true. Um, but in general, it was like, yeah, we just gave him a little bit of shit for it. And he also did not, like, railroad us into, like, can we go and hunt goblins instead, guys? You know, he did. <laughs> you know he he knew what role he worked as, as as in and part of the group and whenever you know important stuff is going on he's like okay this is the role that I will play and then I'll go along with it doing this and instead we get like no 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 you have to understand <laughs> like i swear one of the one of the unintentionally funniest things that happens in this story is that Someone, you know, is, there are some people who are just, you know, talking and they're like, you yeah, know, I wonder if, what is with these goblins? You know, it's like they're constantly attacking people and burning down villages and raping women and all that stuff. Why do they act this way? And, and he's like, well, think of it like this. Imagine that you're a little kid and one day you say goodbye to your big sister and then you go away. And then when they when you but then when she when they're away, Goblins come and kill your whole family and rape your sister in front of your eyes. And all you can do is hide there watching, watching as it happens. And you swear that one day you'll kill all of them. And so you train and you train and train. You train to kill goblins and then you go out and you do it. And sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't go so well, but you learn from it. You learn the best strategies to kill goblins and you keep on doing it and you vow to keep on doing it until every last one of them is dead. They're like, what? What I'm saying is that I'm like the goblin to the goblins. <laughs> He's like, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> and you just he just like took the first opportunity that was presented in the entire series to explain his entire backstory, which was goblins kill my family in front of my eyes, rape my sister in front of my eyes. I fucking hate them. I want to kill all of them. It's so- so like <laughs> fair enough. It doesn't make you a very deep character though, buddy. If Your someone, name is Goblin Slayer.
1: If someone was just like, you want sausage or bacon for breakfast? <laughs> bacon. My sister was cooking bacon in the morning that the Goblins came. Goblins. It's have I told like, you my backstory about Goblins yet?
0: You could have very well just, just instead been like, my name is Goblin Slayer.
1: Like, honestly, all- if you, if you deconstruct this and almost made it more of a comedy i think this would be some funny shit because it's it's almost comedic in premise it, because it Goblin Slayer, that
0: at certain points even it approaches being a comedic series but it's only in the moments is like this got really heavy i need a little bit of comic relief
1: <laughs> yeah it's like oh wait look at these idiots back here this dwarf and alpha don't like each other crazy right like remember the remember in Lord of the Rings when the dwarf and the elf didn't like each other but by the end they were friends and that trope should have died then because it was the first time they ever fucking did it and it was
0: done but this and one, it was 8 years one ago. Does it too.
1: <laughs> Nick this series does it too. Where the dwarf and elf don't like each other but they become friends.
0: The only part of the, their relationship that I enjoyed was when the elf was like because the dwarf was like, "Oh, you should respect your elders." And the elf was like, "I'm 2000 years old." <laughs> um there's a lot yeah. to
1: this series that because it's so straight with everything it does because there's there's legitimately actual like magic weapons and spell scrolls and all these sorts of things like treasures are inside of of goblin things and like they kind of talk about it at points so like why don't you just get broken weapons and just murder goblins en masse? And I don't know, he just kind of gives like a serial killer. Like he's like, no, this is more effective. This, (laughs) This is what I need to do. It's like, if you just did a lot of quests to make a lot of money very quickly, which opportunities are thrown at you, over and over constantly. again constantly <laughs>
0: they, they this guy is so good at his job that an adventuring party sent essentially by the council from rivendell comes to him and is like there is an army of darkness approaching and we have heard legends of your deeds and so we have come to recruit you and he's like no but we needed to kill some goblins oh goblin killing yes
1: <laughs> wait there are goblins to murder? i'm all
0: in you heard, you had me at goblins <laughs> it's like that is the last thing that i told you <laughs>
1: there, there are chapters i like i feel as though it is almost a requirement that a chapter ends with the notion of like goblin because <laughs> their opponents like a chapter will go by and nothing will, they'll kind of like get s- some stuff like they're like oh hey could you help if, i don't know if i can clean the guild hall or whatever and he's like okay i guess it's my day off and then at the end of it, they're like, "Thanks for the work, Goblin Slayer. Is there anything I can do to repay you?" And he'll like turn it off, like a like a mission. that he's like, "How about help me with some Goblin Slayer?" <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> well, we just we literally just did that. So,
1: <laughs> but Nick, what about they have lords? You they they have they have lords. They have to fight now, and hobgoblins, all these all these terrifying extra opponents that are so terrifying to beat.
0: Whatever. <laughs> Oh, God, like it's it's a weird thing because. The thing about like the only thing that we would be talking about, I feel like is just like it's just not very good, uh, except that then you throw in the sex and the rape stuff and it's like, okay, it's pretty gross. And this series is clearly not good enough to justify just powering through that kind of stuff. There are some interesting ideas in it. The approach that Goblin Slayer takes to killing goblins, which is like, well, I'm going to fight dirty, basically. I feel that that's a, a pretty you know, good starting point, a good way to set him apart and say like, yeah, he doesn't use magical weapons and stuff. He just uses his intelligence. He doesn't use heavy armor. He uses speed and tactics. And that's why he is so effective at, at killing goblins is that he beats them at their own game. And that could, I think, be used to, you know, effectively create a sort of deconstructive, like you were talking about, approach to, uh, you know, RPG combat. Mm-hmm. Make it, if you tweak just a little bit of it, it could easily be, you know, a, a more funny, lighthearted series. Uh, but then it's like, in order to make the goblins out as this massive threat, it's like, oh, but they rape women and kill them. It's like. And it's always portrayed, like, not in like a horrifying way, Literally, there's a moment of it early on where, like, um, it follows an adventuring party and it's, like, you know, all women. And uh, they're... No, Nick,
1: there's one guy in the group who's only (laughs) significant because everyone in the party either gets raped, murdered, or raped and murdered.
0: Right. (laughs) So they just just set him on fire, I think. Uh, So... But they're like, okay, you know, well, the goblins have ambushed us. We have to get away. Don't everyone move. I'll cover our escape. And then a rock hits her in the head and then it smash cuts to this group gangbang. And it's just like, come on. like come. It's it's like almost done almost as a joke. Like it's so sudden.
1: It feels very. It was amusing to me as I was reading it, only because every time it happened, like every time it looked like the heroes are about to like they were in kind of trouble or like they were in a risk, they were like, Here's this character's backstory. So it'll be like this wizard's like, I will fight you goblins. It like flashes back to her at the magic universe, and they're like, We've never seen one with as much skill as you. Here is your staff, treasure it forever. I will, and I'm gonna be the greatest mage of all time. Hard cut her with like four arrows in her chest, about to be raped by goblins, and you're like are we just going to do this every time? And they do. It happens to the fighter. It happens to the monk. It happens to all of them. And you're like, what a weird <laughs> juxtaposition for these characters who have no names.
0: It's like, yeah, should have worn shitty armor and always worn a helmet. Come on. Like all you fucking idiots. You deserve to be raped. It's like, come. It's just, it's almost arbitrary, the fact that it's done. And it's very lazy to take that approach and. And it's also just tone deaf because the like like uh, the first two chapters are dedicated to uh, the introduction of Goblin Slayer and him meeting his constant companion through most of the rest of the series, who is a white mage. And she like goes on her first adventure. Her party gets ambition to get by goblins and is killed and raped and stuff. Uh, But he manages to come and Goblin Slayer shows up in order to kill a bunch of people and he ends up saving her and she ends up sticking with him and becoming his companion after that. And she just kind of learns like, oh, this is the way I need to do things in order to survive. And that's an interesting relationship. You know, her being pure and innocent stuff and having to get used to his very unforgiving, straightforward and harsh way of doing things. Uh, But then like. The very next thing that happens after that is we find out where Goblin Slayer stays like he lives in this house uh, with this like childhood friend of his. And the very first thing we see of her is that she sleeps naked And is just like spilling out over everything. You know, she leans over a bastard and goes, oh, cleavage everywhere. The first shot you see of her proper is like of her ass and stuff. You just showed in the previous chapter a whole bunch of women being raped. And now you've just exposed the fact that you're doing it this way just in order to be titillating. It has nothing to do with like, oh, look at how horrible it is that these goblins rape women. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, it's horrible these goblins rape women. But look at their tits while they're getting raped. Hey, it's 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 dumb. And like I said, that wouldn't be so much of a problem if the rest of the series were good enough. Then you could at least say, it's like, hey, it's pretty good, except for this one thing. But it's just kind of like a not very good, you know, story about this munchkin D&D player. And so if you throw in that element on top of it, it's just like, OK, well, I don't really want to read it now. So,
1: so. To play the devil's advocate of rape, which is a great episode title. That the I devil's remember. advocate. The devil's advocate so, of rape. <laughs> I've heard both sides of this. And I will say, I think a lot of people do overblow the uh, the rape of this series. And by the way, forewarning, there is no tasteful way to talk about this. So I apologize in advance if anybody finds uh, offense to any part of this. I-, I think it's part and parcel with this. There's no delicate way to talk about it. There there's the early rape and that is that exists in those first two chapters. And after that, it really like it's not as though every female character you see are like, that one's gonna get raped. It doesn't actually happen that often. But for the people who say it's that first chapter of nothing, I mean, no, it's not. Because there's like a scene where an army comes up, an army of goblins, and they've tied naked women to their shields to use as like defenses, and you're just like no, I mean, that's the same shit, essentially. Like, like it's, it's this weird sexual thing that you can't get around. And I'll be honest, I, before it got to that, goblins were fine. It's actually the element of rape that makes some, like, this weird thing that exists. Because at first, you're like, goblins are a force of nature. They have no characterization or culture to themselves beyond, like, the pseudo-tribalism that they've kind of always colloquially had in, like, fiction. Uh, but they have no real culture to themselves in this series. And you kind of just see them as like they these these malevolent creatures, they exist, they kill, they 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 eat. They're they're just a force of nature. Uh, but then also they rape and you're like well, wait, hold on. <laughs> force of nature don't really do that. Also they get off to sexually torture oh, okay. women. And hey, hey, like, hey, hey. Wait, hey, wait hey. a minute. Haven't
0: haven't you haven't you seen that haven't you seen that scene in Evil Dead, Chris? Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where you're just like, wait a minute. None of this like adds anything to it. It's just kind of awkward and weird. Uh, but then you hit the head, like the nail on the head where you're like, even if it was that moment and the rest of the series was great, it's irrelevant because the rest of the series is really, really boring. Like, that's the thing that was so stunning to me is I was like, I don't get why people care about this series outside. Like, I feel like the discussion begins and ends in that first chapter. Because everything after it is like, I don't know, he fights goblins. And that's, that's it. He fights goblins. He fights goblins in a cave. He fights an army of goblins. He has to fight new goblins in a new land. It's like, I don't. It's the same sort of thing. There's just not a lot of depth to it. Like, I, I know I was reading some people trying to, like, make the, the argument that Goblin Slayer himself was uh, autistic in a way. And this was, like, an interesting exploration. I was like, I could kind of see that in a way. But then I laugh because I'm like, "There's I do not have enough credit for this series to assume that's anything of what they're attempting, and it's not just supposed to be a shown-in-hero kind of idiot. Like, what do you mean we're doing something besides fighting goblins today? All I like (laughs) is fighting goblins, (laughs) and it's basically like it's basically the series in a nutshell. It's just I don't know, he fights goblins, and that's it.
0: Yeah, uh, in terms of the autistic thing, I think that it's. I, I think that it's literally just like he has just the one character trait to him, and I I, I think th- I mean there are points where he demonstrates like okay clearly this is you know deep down he's a good guy because it's not like you know if if someone is useless to him then he'll just you know ignore them and go on by he gives people a chance to actually um, take themselves out of a situation if he if he believes that there's a chance that they can't handle it it's like hey you know. This, this the fa- the stuff that I do kind of sucks, so you can go home if you want to. He does that multiple times whenever someone you know, is like, comes across a room full of feces and blood and guts and is like, hey, you know, if you can't do this, then just go, you know. So, uh, but, and he will, you know, actually protect people if he can, but he's also very quick to just, you know, nah, that can't be saved by. So, it's one of those things where optimism clashes with reality, basically. Uh, and it's one of the character dynamics that exists between him and White Mage. Uh, f- but it really feels like there's just not a whole lot going on in it. You know, stuff happens like he'll discover a secret or something like that. And someone will give their whole like big backstory explanation for why they acted a certain way. And he'll just be like, all right, well, I got to kill goblins. So whatever is this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's like, are there goblins left unavenged in your backstory that I may kill?
0: so it's just not it's just you know whatever so
1: i want to touch on something though because there's actually something that offended me in this series or bothered me more than the actual like the weird sexual rape scenes it's the series has this really weird way of treating women and particularly like victims So the thing that fucked with me the most, it's not even that they, they did like the two part, like they create this party of characters just to kill and rape three of them and be like, here's the one survivor, the innocent girl or whatever. It's there's actually one other survivor and they save her from the goblin dungeon. And then they're like, she'll go home and go to temple and never adventure again. Her spirit broken. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, that's such a dark way of trying to, like, say what happens to that character. Like, she doesn't get a chance to be, like, a cool hero after that or anything. They're just like, well, she was so broken by the rape, she never did anything again. And there's constant It's a co- to- It's
0: a common story. And like, literally, yeah, it says that.
1: Yeah, they're like, it happens all the time. These women get raped by goblins and never adventure again. And they, they play it again with his sister, too, uh, Gobbled Slayer's so sister, where in her backstory, she's like, boys are supposed to protect girls. And it's just like... It's such a weird backwards fucking thing to still have at this point. You're like, I feel like you could've done something else or just not include it. Like I feel like you could have at least done like, I don't know, make her like a fucking um God, who's the movie about like the the one woman who goes on like a murder rampage?
0: Which um, one? There's a couple. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, I can't remember the name of it. But essentially like, what if she, that, that monk came back and she was like the punisher and she's like I'm the goblin slayer now, bitch. So I fucking, I'm killing all these goblins. And you're like, I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting at least to see that rather than just be like, she went on a fucking cart into the wilderness, never be seen again. I Maybe she's a priest now. Who cares? And it's like,
0: oh, no. she, she's been raped once, you know, she's no longer, you know, important beyond that. So it
1: was just one of those things. It's just like, this is fucking stupid at this point. And they, they make like a big deal later on when it's like, he has to fight a horde. Cause there's an army of goblins coming. And you're like, Oh, is this gonna be like the big dramatic thing? And it's like, no. He goes to the like guild and he gets everyone to be his friend and help for very little like effort put into it, and then they just decimate the goblins with like two casualties. <laughs> You're like, what was like, what was all the build up to this army, and they just crush it to be like, I don't know.
0: I, I, I and... Why? Should... That that sounds like a terrible idea. Why should we do that? Well, you'll help me kill goblins. You had me at killing goblins, Goblin Slayer. <laughs> 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 I,
1: I wish I could give more of these, and I, I don't, I don't think less of anyone who does enjoy this series, because I think there's a lot of people who dig it, and that's fine. You know, it's just a series that it has a couple problematic elements. For you. more than anything, it's just so boring that I'm like, I just don't get why people dig it. Like, I, I heard someone ch- try to say this is what Berserk is like, and I'm like, if this is what Berserk is like, I am never reading Berserk because that sounds fucking boring.
0: So. Let's move on.
1: High recommendations.
0: (laughs) Yay. This is our
1: November pick of the month, Nick. Our cornucopia of goodness.
0: We just have like a guy in a suit of armor show up. He kills goblins. Two thumbs up.
1: (laughs) I'm serious. I almost want the comedy version of it where (laughs) it's just a dude who like walks in and there's like a dragon attacking someone and he's like, does no, dragon, no, 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 no. Does that dragon have goblins with him? No, I'm gone. And everyone's like, no, that dragon's going to raise our village. And he's just like, no, I only fight goblins because everyone else ignores them. They're like, but a dragon is attacking us right now.
0: You're ignoring this problem right now.
1: He's like, no, my logic is perfect.
0: All right, let's kick into the recap portion of weekly manga recap with My Hero Academia number 205, Detour. Uh, Tetsu, 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 Tetsu is fucking up Todoroki. Todoroki decides that the only way to actually take him on is to actually use that technique that Endeavor was trying to get him to use before. Uh, and so he raises his body temperature And raises it and raises it and raises it. And it gets to the point where even Tetsu Tetsu is like, oh, crap. And even the heat surrounding him, the washing off of him is uh, causing like the cameras to malfunction. Uh, And so people who are monitoring the fight are having difficulty actually watching it. And there is a cool shot of him with like he's going like Super Saiyan with the hair up and uh, fire washing all around him. It is a cool shot. Uh, but Tetsu is like, all right. And he just keeps on charging in and attacking Todoroki. And uh, he basically says, like, I can endure this, too. And Todoroki says, I'm going to melt you if you keep this up. But Tetsu, Tetsu says that uh, if he's not willing to actually put himself all in during training, then it won't. Then uh, they won't do it when it matters. Or he's even actually willing to die in training here in order to uh, prove that to himself. Doesn't seem like a very good idea. No, yeah, I feel uh, like
1: someone needs to be like, "No,
0: stupid." Uh, simmer down, simmer down a little there.
1: <laughs> They're like asshole. You're supposed to not die in training. <laughs>
0: uh, we cut over to where uh, Shoji is taking on Tsunotori, Uh counter, and uh, she launches a, a bunch of her horns at him, and uh, Shoji counters by summoning a whole bunch of arms. And uh, snags a whole bunch of them out of the air, but Sunatori directs like one behind him, and it's like I can grow eyes behind myself. And he grabs the horn, uh, and uh, then Ojiro shows up and whacks her with his tail. Hooray!
1: He did it, Nick. Hero, tail dude. Yay! Use my tail. <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone would be like, wow, that was a really good. Outro. You know, if you just punched her, we actually would have heard it a little bit more. <laughs> so validate the point of having tail to begin with.
0: You know, you do have that fifth limb, but it's like it it's like it's just packed with packing peanuts or something like that. It just boom, it's like being hit by one of those inner tube things that people that kids use in order to stay afloat in the pool. <laughs>
1: That'd be great. They're like, does it does it have aroma? therapy to it like it actually kind of helps you if you hit somebody with oh, it. It it like, z- like, me. Sends them out like really like them. it's kind of nice
0: Oh, it's got all these like rubber uh, pucks in it so then if you get hit with it it's like oh yeah that just really you know, lets my skin breathe better oh yeah it's <laughs> just like a pool noodle with fur over it Uh, so Ojiro manages to wrap her up with his tail And uh, they're like, okay, let's let's go um, take her into the jail. But at that moment, Honinuki shows up behind them, and he just says, "I'll be taking Sunatori back now." But then we cut away, so we don't really know how that turned out. Tetsu Tetsu uh, is meanwhile continuing to wail on Todoroki, uh, and so he realizes that basically the only thing that that he can do is just blast Tetsu Tetsu in order to get him to back off a little bit. And Hononoki shows up again. He's like, I can move really quickly, apparently. Hooray. Uh, And he just starts sinking Todoroki into the ground. Uh, Stuff around him is collapsing and is knocking him on the back of the neck. Uh, And uh, it looks like he's going to just be overwhelmed at this point. When Ida shows up.
1: This is my favorite moment in maybe like the last like couple months of this series that he just shows up, kicks this dude's face right the fuck off and it's just like, boosh, just keeps going.
0: It's a really cool uh, movement shot because he's you just see like the effects of him knocking Hononuki in the head. And then him actually appearing is him in his follow through motion where he's like thirty feet further forward and has landed in front of Todoroki. Uh, and uh, so Ida is like, "Oh crap! All right, uh, I, I, I better get Todoroki out of here." Uh, and Tetsu Tetsu is really pissed off about this because, like, "Hey, don't run away!" But Ida flashes back to uh way back when he was in the alley during the Stain fight, and uh, he just remembers what he learned from that experience, and he just says, take this to heart, villains! The rescue takes top priority, and so he's going to take Todoroki to safety instead of trying to fight the two of them off right here. See, this has probably been my least favorite of the three fights we've gotten so far overall, but I do think that he has had some standout moments in it, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, the the two important characters this time were Todoroki. I must make myself really hot, and Ida. These are the lessons that I have learned over the course of dozens of chapters. So, there you go. Uh, Honinuki realizes because even though Ida is running away, he's been knocked in the back of the head, and it really fucking hurt. Like his helmet's completely split in half. Uh so he has to he, I he has to do something, so he reaches over to this column next to him and starts to use his powers on it, uh, and he starts to melt it, and then he shouts at to Tetat teta to push it down, and so with it softened, Tetateza can push it over and it collapses and chases down Ida while he's running away, and then everyone falls down. And the chapter ends with the four fighters there just all knocked out unconscious on the ground. So.
1: I'm guessing it's a tie then. I mean, I don't know. The next chapter could be like, I don't know. Soji walks over. He's like, I'll just throw this guy in a gotcha. cage and this one in the cage. I don't know.
0: Well, Hononuki had uh, gone over to Ojuro and Shoji. Uh, so I'm guessing that m- m- might happen is that Sunotori will show up being basically the last person standing and they'll be able to get class 1A in the jail. Uh, if not that, then if everyone's out of commission, then yes, it would be a tie.
1: I'm saying so, because like, even if she's still up, fucking is buried underneath a column of like mud and steel. So I'm like, could she even get him out of that?
0: Oh, well, it's soft.
1: Is there a time limit for this that's supposed to exist?
0: Uh, I don't think that they've established what causes Honinuki's powers to be disabled. I don't know if it's knocking him out or what. I don't think that they've actually established that he can disable it at will, but I don't know if something can happen to cause it to just go back to normal. Probably it would. Uh, it does with time. Maybe we'll find out. Perhaps. Also, I had completely missed the connection that Hononuki was the guy in class one B who had the exposed teeth um, because he's just been wearing his helmet this whole time. So I just completely missed that until now. Anyway, that's the chapter of uh, My Hero Academia. Uh, presumably, this means we're going to get into uh, the fourth match, which is one that I'm looking forward to considerably more than this one, because uh, it's got your girl in it. It does. That's a, that's Nicole. Every time that that Jiro shows up, she's like, "Hey, it's your girl." I'm like, yes, I like her. I get it. She's my favorite character.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just. It's like the, how every streamer starts up a stream nowadays. We're like, it's your boy.
0: God, at least it's not that implication. Ugh. No, she's like my little sister. I swear. <laughs> I want good things to happen for her.
1: (laughs) Like your actual little sister's out in the rain, like banging up. You're just like, you're reading Jiro fan fiction. Like, I hope this one ends with her happy.
0: (laughs) My little sister's graduating from college soon. She can handle herself. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that's it. Um, also, also Bakuku is going to be in that one. I feel as though it's going to be more interesting to see what happens with him as opposed to Todoroki being like, what if I do that thing my dad wanted to do where I make my body hot? It's like, OK, it's disappointing. So. All right, uh, let's move on then to Food Wars, Shokuyaki no Soma. This chapter actually annoyed me, Chris. OK. Um, well I mean we'll get into it, but it's basically just like, really, Soma, you don't get how this works by now? It's chapter two hundred and eighty-seven, convenience store brawl. Uh, with honestly like a really weird two-page color spread. And because it, it's um the four chefs that we know of who are taking part in the blue, uh, and they're all, you know, posing with kitchen implements and so the guys all look really cool because they've got you know a, a nice. cooking knife in their hand yeah and then there's Megami in the background who's just got a saucepan like Ugh! let's
1: do this <laughs> <laughs> like I like the thing she'll get there and she'll realize the saucepan had stuff in it and like she looks and, like just <laughs> littered with all of her sauce she just lost and shit
0: that's a very Megaby thing to do so yeah the current challenge that they have to do is uh, getting ingredients from a convenience store in order to make a valuable dish. Uh, so, and Tsukasa and Soma have issued a challenge to each other to try and make the most valuable dish during this contest. Which gets Takumi really fired up and annoyed because he's like, Oh, oh you got the need to stand down without me, Yukihira.
1: Everyone's no like, who are you? <laughs> <What's that?"
0: laughs>
1: I'm like the third <laughs> seat of the council. I'm like, which one?
0: <laughs> uh, Kurokiba? <but> Su- <laughs> Tsukasa has a bunch of reporters just suddenly show up and start trying to interview him. Um, also, Okizumi, the uh, old bald judge that we've seen a bunch of times, uh, is there too. Um, and yeah. I don't know exactly why he's there, but uh, because because is like, okay, there's a bunch of reporters here, and they're like, yes, of course, there we are staunch supporters of the traditional culinary world. We don't want to see the blue won by noir. And Ohizumi says, and all the promising young chefs participating this year, the one most likely to stop them is Hizukasa. Okay, but why are you here? (laughs) You're not a reporter.
1: I guess just any judge from our judges are Nistra by the, the WGO. Seems so. OK, so maybe it's just like the WGO's here. So he's here kind of thing. Not, so, I mean, not so. all of them,
0: because like uh, Azumi took over the Azami. Azami, sorry, uh, to go for the judges table during the whatever.
1: Well, that's because it was a school and that's. Yeah, know, yeah, his yeah. Thing, he big dicked his way onto the table.
0: Also, here are my here are these two girls who I may or may not have a sexual relationship with. They're definitely they'll definitely be neutral.
1: Oh, it is 100 percent. Not a I may or may not be having.
0: <laughs> so um, everyone, of course, is taking notice of Tsukasa. and know he's like, oh, and uh, you three. Yeah, we've got high expectations for you, too. Like, Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so. Everyone looks at, goes into the convenience store. They look at the ingredients and stuff and they're like, oh, they've got actually pretty, you know, average ingredients. Uh, And so someone's like, I get it. Using only a bunch of everyday ingredients, they're testing us on how fresh and exciting a dish we can make. Okay. So he just you grabs a whole bunch of stuff and whips up a dish immediately. Uh, And Takumi's like, aren't you going to, like, you know, think through this stuff? And he's like, all right, using this stuff and this stuff. Instant canned beef sukiyaki. Bah he goes up to the not Alice girl who was serving as the judge. I was like, was there Ron Baru, I think was her name? Uh, who cares? Something like that. So he's like, okay, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. $14. <laughs> I fucking
1: actually love that. And she's like, give me your wallet.
0: <laughs> and so it does? And she's like, oh, there's only yen in here. Well, I guess it's fine. <laughs> and so it's like, what? how is my dish worth negative $14? And she's like, well, because you didn't have the first clue what this trial was about and wasted a ton of ingredients. So if you're going to do that, you need to pay what you're at, what you, what you, used. And so someone's like, Oh, I guess the ingredients that I use cost $14, which means that she's saying that I added absolutely nothing to this dish. I merely cooked up a bunch of ingredients for no purpose whatsoever. And, She says like, yeah, you know, I can understand why you're, you know, you've got three chances to do this. So you could do a trial run. But come on, our funding isn't bottomless, you know. And so we're just like, you set up a freaking convenience store in the middle of nowhere just for this contest.
1: Also, we find out later on that she just hands out 587... Like, it's
0: not like... like it is almost literally made of money.
1: They, they say, like, yeah, you you need $100 to actually buy your way through the next gate, but they literally hand Tsukasa $587 afterwards with, I guess, the notion being like, you keep the rest!
0: <laughs> Her explanation for why Soma, you know, this dish failed is your dish was nothing more than the sum of its parts that's plain addition so Siaga' like I hope this meets with your approval and puts down this bacon wrapped wonderful looking thing and was like Aah! and so she's like yeah yeah and she digs into it like Aah! clothes blow off everywhere uh and then you know there is an explanation for why the dish is good. <laughs>
1: Nick, with the bottom (laughs) layer's meatloaf and and the sauce. And mushrooms!
0: (laughs) It does look fucking delicious. I don't care, though. I'm not going to explain why it's delicious, because I don't know cooking. So, everyone's like, oh my god, average foods with completely average flavors use them as they are and you'll never pass this trial and out of all of them he singled out the ones that could stand up to halt cuisine cooking melding them together into a harmonious whole that brought out their best qualities while eliminating anything inferior it's a level of quality only someone of Aishi Tsukasa's level could reach and so like oh my god it's amazing and then yeah she lays down like positive 587 dollars boom uh and uh then she's like, oh, hey, so if you're doing like family restaurant kind of stuff, then there's no way you're going to have a dish that's worth like $100 because so much flat out admitted to her. It was like, oh, yeah, I would never do- sell the dish that I made for, you know, $100, 10,000 yen. It would be like a no, thousand yen at most. And she's like, wow, OK, you've got like no shame whatsoever about that. So, yeah, good luck making a dish that's worth that amount when all you do is make, you know, cheap cooking kind of stuff. Um, so I guess the idea is that Soma's yeah, at a disadvantage because of the type of, you know, stuff he specializes in. So like, how do you make a dish that's worth a whole ton of money when it's like, well, no, the stuff that I make a menu for is worth like 10 bucks. Mm. Uh, the quality of the dish may be really high, but it's like, okay, but if it's monetary value, whatever. But then he's like, okay, I've got the perfect dish for this, the pride of Yukihira, and it'll make anyone prunk, plunk down more than one big bill. It's like, okay, I get it. But Soma, how is, like, your dish was apparently tasty, but it's like, why did you decide to just take it easy, basically? It really seems like he just slacked off, honestly.
1: Yeah, after the last contest where, like, the thing first came up and he was like, hold on, something's fishy about this. Although, to be fair, he didn't actually realize what the goal of that either was. So maybe it's just trying to say Soma's going into this with a weird perspective.
0: Yeah, but the implicate. I know that the implication is like he specifically approached it in such a way, but because of the dismissive attitude that she takes towards it, it and the the, the realization that Soma comes to, which is just like, all I did was just cook some ingredients. It's like, so you didn't actually make a good dish? Like, you've beaten this guy before, not in a straight up one on one contest, but he outclassed you by. An, it, literally an infinite amount when you think about it because if he added no value to the dish and Sukasa added 587 dollars it was like okay so then you suck Soma <laughs> or he just you know it seems like you just took a very lackadaisical approach to it which Soma has done before like I'm reminded of the uh, breakfast thing that they had to do where he was just like okay I know what I'm gonna do and then he had to really rally in order to do it but it seems like he just slacked off in this case so, I don't know. Imagine if he hadn't had a second chance at it, Chris.
1: Yeah, I guess that's there to put that there. So, like, hey. If you no,
0: you that, failed because you didn't care. It's like the, the, people, the people in the first contest didn't get second chances.
1: Like, well, shit. What are you going to do about that? I don't know. All right. All right. Let's move on to Eden Zero. Chapter 20. The planet Gilst. And our cover page is... I forget her name and I don't care. It's right. taking a <laughs>
0: selfie. <laughs> so. Which is really weird, actually, because, like, it's a selfie, but you can see the phone. Yeah.
1: So, so I don't know. It's someone it's taking not, a picture of be, her taking a selfie.
0: Because she's making eye contact through the panel. She's mm-hmm. not looking at the phone that she's taking a selfie with.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. So, Ron, are the Planet ghost, and the League of Tower, and it's all the the cuber women are, are locked in a room. We had that whole thing last week where, like, Rebecca was like, we're such intelligent, powerful women, like, there's no way we can't figure out a way out of this. And they didn't figure out a way out of this.
0: Apparently. <laughs> well, <they> out. <laughs> let's, let's see here. So, we see that among the women we see, there are two women crying. The tattooed girl uh, from the previous one who was like, there's no way we can get out of this. It's just like, lying down, bored, I guess resigned to her fate. Uh, The larger woman is staring into space and the little girl is going in on the door. It's not working, guys. <laughs> it turns out I'm doing a bunch of videos where we open boxes who did not train us to escape this facility. <laughs> that would
1: be great. It's, it's like they all go in and they're like, "I know how to make title cards. I know how to open boxes. I know how to do viewer requests." And they're like, "What if we put all these skills together and then make a really good BQ video and nothing else?" <laughs> and <that's-
0: laughs> And they're like, okay, guys, it's time for us to get out of here. Now remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and support us on Patreon. (laughs) They're
1: like, you know what? Your support really goes a long way. Helps us get out of this illegal sex dungeon we're in. (laughs) Without your help, we might be furniture forever, everybody. Uh, So Lika shows up, and he's like, hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. I wanted the Val Venus music to come on, but it doesn't, unfortunately. So you have to add that in yourself.
0: Sorry, I can't make that noise with my mouth. <laughs>
1: uh, so the Beekeeper lady's like, What do you want with us? And he's like, Ooh, I know all of you. I've seen all of you guys. Uh, and he's like, uh, No, the one, the one tattoo girl's like, Don't just tell me you're like a creepy fan who's taking this too far. He's like, Oh, I'm not a big fan. I just take any girls who are cute. I like to turn girls into furniture. And this time I want to use it with b And Rebecca's like, furniture? I don't know. So no one, knows. no one can grasp what he's talking about. They're like, oh, don't they have furniture on Blue Garden? And they're like, maybe no one's familiar with your weird kink, sir. <laughs> uh, so they give us a demonstration. We see a woman who's naked uh, and she's kneeling down. Uh, and he's like, I just happened to make some furniture in the next room. This girl is a superstar from some planet or another. And she's uh, begging for her worthless life, as the Super mutants in Fallout 4 would say. Uh, and uh, she's begging. And I forget which one. I don't know if we actually seen this guy before. It's like the butler. Just hits her with, like, a ray gun. And she turns to stone. And he's like, there. Now I have a new chair. And I'm like, look. Not for nothing, bro. You look pretty big. It's like... <laughs> I feel like she might like her waist was pretty thin in the middle. That seems like a structural integrity problem. You're going to sit on that chair. It's going to break. And then you're going to have to buy a new chair. Well,
0: no, oh, that's why he's constantly kidnapping women. Chris, he's like, why can't I
1: find a, a woman meant for the hefty man to sit on for eternity?
0: Why did you give me this 12 year old? Come on.
1: <laughs> That'd be great if he was really. He's like, I can't use this. What are you going to be an end table. You got to prop up one of the legs to my fucking table. This was worthless. I guess I could use you as
0: like a bookend
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I, I guess I need to put toilet paper on something Wait, if I'm going to use you as a bookend, I need a second one of you <laughs> Guys, get me another 12 year old little girl famous <laughs> <B-cuber>. <laughs> Uh So they're like, yeah, please spare us And he's like, why would I ever spare you? And he snaps his fingers And the room starts filling with bubbles And they go, like, oh, no, what kind of thing is it? It's clothes eating bubbles <laughs> the thing the bubbles that just eat clothes and it melts off all of their clothes They're like what are you doing you creepies to go clean up my furniture uh and uh yeah rebecca sitting there as her clothes are all melting off is like i'm gonna get out of here and we cut away <laughs> like all right fair enough so they arrive on a liga and they specifically use the fucking uh, ta- uh, <laughs> what's the the cantina Moss Eisley. They use the Moss Eisley quote when they're like, "This planet is a hive of scum and <laughs> hold, on,
0: hold on, hold on. You've you skipped ahead a little bit here. So there's there's a point where they they've arrived at the planet Gilst, and then what's her face robot girl says, "A search for Jin Gilst." Wind Ether Gear brings up a mercenary squad called Rogue Out. So it's good to know that Google's good for that kind of thing.
1: (laughs) You can just look up mercenary groups throughout the galaxy on there. Uh, And we also get another joke with uh, Samurai Girl where she's like, let us head there first. I feel it would be appropriate now to say that I'm looking forward to seeing their strong warriors. And I'm like, I feel like this joke would be better if she was just super stoic and didn't care that she was saying it as opposed to like this weird notion that it's like, she's like, I don't want to say that, but this is my actual thoughts. Uh, and then we get the Star Wars quote. I know Hamora's her name. I don't care what her name is. She's a very irrelevant character. Actually, I want to touch. She's never going be to be no, a I want to touch on this now. Who the fuck is Hamora? She's just shown up
0: in this arc as a character. <laughs> like she wants. To, she wants to challenge the Demon King, Chris.
1: <laughs> like she just walked into the scene at one point, and she's like, "I am a character now." <laughs> You're like the. Do you know anybody? No.
0: The rate at which characters are being introduced. It's not like they just have the guild on the ship, so they can just have people randomly show up. Chris, people actually have to, you know, specifically join them if they're going to go places. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you can't just say and say like, "Oh yeah, that's Levy's sidekicks." You know
1: oh yeah that would be the that'd be the best part or if she had just been a member of the guild it would have made sense then I don't it's just like weird she's just like I know nobody except I want to go after the demon king take me with you <laughs> this random stranger I just met and it worked uh so we actually get uh, an image for oh sorry I should real quick mention uh Weiss also fixes up happy yes there you go Uh, But he can't fix him, like he can't wake him up because he's not skilled enough to do that yet, but he's like you know, we'll get him functioning I'm going to fix him. So we see Gilst in like a full page spread and it's kind of cool. It's like a giant tree planet with like cities kind of on like stilts connected to the tree. It feels very structurally unsafe, but still kind of cool visually. Uh, And they talk about how it's good with wood ether. It's filled with like a good wealth of wood ether and i know like subconsciously i always knew but this was the moment I was like god damn it ether's just fucking magic reflavored for another god this is just fairy tale in space cocksucker uh <laughs> so they talked about it and like they're like yeah this is a really impressive thing and then cheeky gets sad and I'm like why are you sad he's like i just thought rebecca and happy would love to see us and they'd be like this will make a great video and, they're like yeah we'll get them we back. could go we
0: could go kill some goblins
1: <laughs> Yeah, like
0: goblin slayer, <laughs> that's <I> mean, their <laughs> character trait
1: <laughs> be great if they like
0: making videos
1: <laughs> <laughs> if goblin slayer showed up and they're like we could use your help saving this group of women who have been kidnapped and are going to be used, sold to be furniture objects for the rest of their life and he's like are there goblins involved? They're like, well, no, and he's already gone. <laughs> They're like, no, but so many women, even children, are involved in this giant child sex trafficking ring, and he's just like, goodbye. Let me know when there are goblins.
0: My point is that it's just you know, here has that kind of habit okay. of like, this is my character's one quirk. So,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, remember, remember, Nick, how Lucy was a reporter. <laughs> She was a journalist. No,
0: I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because she ended up, surprisingly enough, growing beyond that.
1: <laughs> uh, so they get to this church where Rogue Out apparently hangs out because they write their name on the front of the church. They're very it's subtle so about it. Sp- <laughs> they write their name on the front of the church because they're very subtle and uh, very secretive. So they get inside and it's a giant church with this huge memorial up there, uh, and. <laughs> Sorry, just, I had to laugh because the characters are there. They're like, Church, are you sure this is it? Well, it does say Rogue Out on the side. <laughs> it, does, it does say the name of the gang on the side.
0: You imagine, like, they were like walking outside the streets, like, We have to find the hideout for Rogue Out. All right, all right, well, how are we going to tell what that is? Well, they should have marked it with their gang symbol. What does the symbol look like? In rogue Out. <laughs>
1: And someone was like, Do you think they're in that place? No, that seems too suspicious. Let's check out the KFC from five blocks ago and see if they're nothing there. Or something. <laughs> Let's check every unnamed building. <laughs> so they get look inside. Really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they get inside and there's a giant statue that starts talking to them. Uh, and it's just like, What do ye seek here? Power, money, other desires, or have ye come to confess your sins and make penance? No, I need not hear your answer. And the statue opens up and there's a woman inside like the base of it. And
0: she's Pay like, no heed to that woman inside the statue.
1: I'm glad they spent the time with the elaborate statue thing first. And then they're like, hold on, i just going to open it up and I'll show you that inside. Uh, and she's like, I already know you. She's like, who are you? And she's like, I am sister, the leader of Rogue Out. Bump, <gasps> bump. Bum, 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 bum.
0: Bum. Okay. I do like her. I do like her design, admittedly.
1: Kind of like the nun habit sort of
0: looked. But, her. No, the weird, like robotic looking thing coming out of her back. Like it's like a shell or something.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what that is.
0: Hmm. Um, so this is the this series continues to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Um yeah
1: stupid and weird
0: yeah i I love
1: that i I, i'm trying to think has there definitely had to have been at some point i'm trying to remember the fairy tale situation where they ran into a thing that like ate clothes because there was there was specifically the dude in rave master whose rave stone was like my breath destroys clothes And then this, the the bubble closed destroyer, and there must be something else as well.
0: It's sure. just like heroes calling a card.
1: Yeah. yeah, like you, it's not a hero series if you don't get one of those. Like you know, like uh, all the MCU movies in Phase Two had like a hand getting cut off, and that was kind of like a, a quiet thing between the movies. Was like a missing arm. That's what they do in this one. Like that in fairy tale universe. Like every fairy, every hero series needs something about a, a clothes destroying power at some point yes oh that's right there was a dude who destroyed clothes what? and he was defeated because he was <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
1: <laughs> I about that the one assassin who was like I can kill you and <laughs> I just I can't see women nude that was like his weakness
0: re- yeah yeah, yeah. Well and then there was the other member there was Di Maria who would cut the clothes off of uh, her opponents just to, you know, humiliate them. So
1: Oh god, I love fucking heroes, bullshit.
0: Yeah. So let's move on from there. Uh... Doctor Stone. No. Wait. No, we never learn. I got confused because I we usually switch off, but yeah, there's nothing in between this week. We never We never, never learn
1: question 87 the star of ultimate love in the name of x part three so last time uh Firmino's dad showed up as they were taking all of her stuff and heading home but uh, they hid inside like a cabinet so that they wouldn't see him and uh there's a very like the weird moment when you is just like what is she doing why does she smell so good uh and the dad's like huh i wonder what's here in this box perhaps i'll open it and then he gets like the very convenient phone call it's like what no i must leave i can't
0: open I'm this gonna... cabinet all right bye
1: <laughs> is that my one direction oh i must also leave the house as well that is fair
0: uh, so they leave it's just like fumino texting on him and on his phone He's like well i guess i will just follow this this order that i randomly received
1: <laughs> leave the house don't look in the cabinet
0: come Believe back in an it- hour Leave $2,000 for Firmino. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Well, I don't normally follow anonymous texts on my phone, but this one time will be the one time. So uh, they get out of the cabinet because the dad leaves, and Firmino found a... uh, It looks like a a laptop. Sorry, it is a laptop. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought there was a photo album involved this week. So I it's a laptop, and they're like oh, it's a very important laptop, because she can remember having it snatched from her from her dad. And they're like, no, that's your mother's, and it contains crucial research that can alter the field of mathematics. (gasps) Also, all of my porn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all my porn's on there, you can't touch it! It's just like a a 16 terabyte folder that's labeled Furashi's notes.
1: (laughs) So, one of my friends works IT somewhere, and they were getting reports about, like, a, like, a, a signal coming yep. off. Like, they're like, hey, someone's doing something with their laptop they shouldn't. So he, like, logged, you know, basically, like, screen they got in so he was able to see what they were doing. And you noticed on the de- desktop, there's one folder called cringe, do not look. And he's like, all right, well, I have to. So he disabled all their controls and, like, went in. And it's, like, pictures of, like, a sexy Pikachu guy being, like, oh, once you see my Pokeballs, like, a guy had fishnet godders. you're like, why would you ever. <laughs> Why would you name this folder like that? Why would you at least call it, like, homework or
0: something like vacation bread photos? Bread recipe. Bread recipe. <laughs> bread recipe. Perfect.
1: <laughs> so they go and they open up the laptop and they're like, hey, there's one folder on it, but it requires a password to open. And it's one of those laptops where they're like. <laughs> You've entered a password too many times. You won't just be locked out. We'll delete everything forever if you enter in the password what one- incorrectly one more time. You're like, I don't think computers do this outside of like <laughs> the government, but
0: very, very high security documents you would want to do that, but I don't know if a mathematical researcher would do that kind of thing.
1: It's I suppose possible it's possible. There, there is a lot of money in like adding to mathematics sure but it's it's as a,
0: established in the previous chapter sure
1: it's a strange thing to have it like introduced here it's like uh, here's our family laptop it has one folder on it if we enter it wrong and it'll delete everything forever like okay. yep uh so they note that they're like oh man and uh they know, like, from you know, thinks, oh yeah, it's kind of sad. I, I feel kind of bad for my dad because he's been trying to. He's you know he he wants to get into this folder, but he doesn't know her password. <laughs> password,
0: password one, password two.
1: <laughs> uh, but then she immediately is like, no, fuck him. I don't care. Fuck that dude. He deserves it. Now we we cut over back to the house, uh, and she's she's working. She's doing all, she's putting her heart and soul into it so she could ex- uh, succeed at her goals without her dad. And, uh,
0: look, I cooked your food for you. <laughs>
1: U- Uega's mom shows up and is like, hey, me and the younger siblings are all going to be, uh, leaving for the weekend. So it's just going to be you and Uega. So, you know, just giving you a heads up on that. So, she, uh, Firmino decides to pay it back by being like the good kind of like housemate. So she's like, I'll make your food and I'll clean up. And of course, uh, Fumino is fucking incapable of anything related yeah. to like being like a housewife kind of characteristic, uh, so or a housekeeping. So she fucks up the food, and I do like this because Uega like eats it and he's like, mm, "It's not bad. It's a little, it's a bit hard and salty, but tasty." I like these scrambled eggs, and she's like, "That was supposed to be sunny side up."
0: Like, what the fuck, oh! Oh, sorry. The fuck happened? <laughs>
1: Uh, and she notes that, oh, before becoming an astronomer, before becoming an astronomer was my dream, my dream was to become a happy bride. And then it's like an awkward moment where she's like, "I didn't mean you're a bride. <laughs> And then there's, like, a series of errors that continue as, like, yes. she tries to make something. Well, she tries to just fucking sweep, and she puts a hole in the wall.
0: You're like like it's a spear on the end of the broom.
1: <laughs> like, like there was a 12-pound weight attached to the end of it that she didn't realize. Like, I don't know how you just casually end up poking something through a wall like that. Uh, then, like, uh, something overheats in the pot, and she makes food that's really gross again. And oh, God, you boxers! Talking. I don't know what this is, she's just like, ah! And she, I don't know if it's a pair of boxers or shorts, but she's like, ah! And it's flying away. Uh, so, there's just a moment where Uega gets in the, the bath, and he's like, ah, oh, man, it has been a crazy day.
0: And Thankfully, I've got these incredibly developed pecs.
1: <laughs> I always forget that he's stupidly ripped for some reason. Uh, Then Firmino comes in and she's like, hey, uh, I'm going to like help you bathe. Like, I'm going to I'm all set to get wet. as She says
0: (laughs) it's honestly really creepy, (laughs) Uh,
1: but it's fine because she's like none of them are actually naked when they get to it. She's just like, hey, I'm going to help you out here because i can't apparently do anything else like i'm shocked she didn't try to like wash his back and she ends up ripping the skin off she's like oh, oh no <laughs> i used acid you're supposed to use acid to get off the dirt right uh and she thinks back to like when she was a little kid doing it with her dad like helping her dad wash his back and things like that so uh you is like hey you know don't be too hard on yourself about your dad right you know i know it's hard for you leaving things unresolved and I'm the one who invited you, so I know it's kind of weird, but I think it'd be better if you talked to him a little bit. She's like, no, Uh, I've spent 10 years leaving things unresolved. At this point, there's nothing to say, nothing at all. Uh, And then she kind of, like, falls asleep on his back. (laughs) Uh, She's very tired. I guess she got very exhausted washing his back and just passes out onto his back.
0: Oh, my God, it's so difficult. (laughs) Uh,
1: and they, they put her in bed. Then she wakes up. She's like, Oh no. Uh, and she's like, I have to study. And he's like, no, I think you should rest a bit more. She's like, no, I have to study. He's like, Fabina, would you go on a date with me? And I kind of like this idea that he's just like, bitch, you need chill. (laughs) You need, you need to fucking take some time and fucking Relax.
0: Well, if he's trying to get her to relax, then he's putting that uh, sentence in a rather, like, stressing way, so...
1: Well, that's just how the series works.
0: Yeah, basically, yes.
1: Uh, but, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just... The notion of, like, I know, I've left things so unresolved.
0: <laughs> and she
1: falls asleep on his back. I'm like, how does that happen? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Of all the different ways you can fall asleep, I don't know if, like, while actively, physically doing something, like, as monotonous, well, not as monotonous as that, but, like, you know, you think that she would be on, like, pins and needles doing that. And, yeah, like, I've, of all the different situations I've seen of someone falling asleep in the middle of doing something, that one's sort of like, are you really? Okay. <laughs> How does
1: this function? Like, you were just in the middle of washing the back, and you were just like... Oh, so tired talking about my dad and my childhood drop. Oh. In this room that's full of water and suds is very slippery. And I mean, it's kind of like a weird situation that we're both in right now. I feel like there's a little bit that would keep us awake, which is the adrenaline or hormones or something, whatever.
0: Oh, man. I'm in the middle of this marathon. And, oh, man. It's just like, I don't know if I can.
1: Also, I understand. His family maybe wasn't home at that moment. But right. Does it doesn't seem weird to leave her sleeping in a bathing suit. Isn't that supposed to be super dangerous? I think if it's a wet bathing suit to sleep in it.
0: She's going to get pneumonia.
1: Mm-hmm. Now kill her. Just like it killed okay. everyone. In Dr. Stone, Nick.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's...
1: That was me throwing it to Dr. Stone. That's...
0: I'm just shocked at how well that worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Stone, Chris. It's chapter Z equals 82 epilogue of Stone Wars. End of part two. Last time through the combined efforts of Tsukasa and Senku, Senku was able to stick Yoga with some wire sucked up to batteries around his chest, which uh, created a taser, basically. And uh, so this... Uh, causes yoga to be briefly knocked out while he shouts out freaking science bit <laughs> um they also established that the that uh, Senku actually got the batteries from this uh from the cell phone that uh, they had tossed uh, up out at them at the beginning of the battle so nice continuity there. And uh, we get a brief little montage. Homura shows up at the scene of the fight just in time to see Hyoga fall down. She tries to attack Senku, but everyone is right behind her. All of the fighters from the Sign- Kingdom of Science show up and disable her. Uh, Kahaku pins her down. They tie her up. Um, they... Uh, we get a little bit of catch up with uh, Kinro, who sees that uh, Senku's got a hole in his in his shirt that was from when the batteries blocked the spear. And he actually uh, thanks Kinro because the training that they did to, to test the paper shield with the spear actually let him get used to being stabbed with the spear a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a cool little detail there. So everyone, so Hyoga and Homura are tied up now. And Magma's like, let's kill him. And <laughs> and and Tyger's like, No, killing people is just plain wrong. You should kill people. I guess you you, ki- I don't I don't know what Taiju's long term
1: solution to criminals is. Arm wrestle them forever? <laughs> people
0: die when they are killed, so killing people's bad. <laughs> but uh you know, Chrome says, like, well, that actually raises the point. Like, how long should we, like, just keep them in prison? And Senku says, until we get civilization up and running. And then when they do that, then, you know, Yoga won't be able to be in danger. They can put him on trial. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> that's for them to figure out. Um, that's future Senku's problem. Uh, so... You know, Kahaku says, like, ah, oh, we did it. It's finally over. But Senku says, no, 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 you've got it backwards. We're finally getting started. Now, with everyone's help, we're going to start from square one. Here in this stone world, we'll build a true kingdom of science. It's
1: a kingdom of <laughs> science. So that would be like, a kingdom of <laughs> Line. (laughs) Okay, he's like, a kingdom of women used his furniture. And they're like, wait, what? He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, not on the king of the kingdom of science, I'd like like, work a couple kinks in. And this is actually the story of how a Liga started.
0: What you don't understand is that he didn't always used to be frog shaped.
1: Mm -hmm. He used to be a boy, but then he started to change. Mm. Mmm. And Frog's like, hey, we're not cool with this characterization. The Frog Union.
0: Uh, there is one last loose end to tie up, of course, and that is that. Oh yeah, Yo was the one who set Homura free, and uh, he's still, you know, running around. Uh, but he's kind of observing stuff in the background as basically a little bit of time has passed, and we see Yuzuriha uh, working together with uh, Suika to put together a statue so that they can put them together. Uh, and, uh, you know, Gen, for example, expresses some doubts like, I don't know if we can actually, you know, I don't know if this is going to work. Or Kauakus says, he not know if it's going to work. And Gen says, well, as long as the cross sections road away, that's dear Sekou's hypothesis that, that that should work. So this is one of the ones that was you know, really, really broken up and shattered that they're seeing if it'll work now and they put the Miracle Fluid on it. And yeah, it works. The guy comes back to life. Uh, And he's like a salaryman who is still in mid-typing as he comes back. He's like, oh, no, my – not not a salaryman. Sorry. He's a manga artist. He's a
1: manga man. (laughs) He's like,
0: oh, no, my draft is due. (laughs) How long have I been sleeping?
1: 2,000 years? I'm super late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write 10,000 chapters immediately. (laughs) And, and Gen's like yes manga can be brought back now hooray
1: <laughs> I, I love that they happen again he's like remember Senku promised to bring back the fun of civilization and of science and
0: it's like a shot of Goku right behind him like, <laughs>
1: like, I fucking like, love how stupid this series is at times
0: <laughs> also a T-Rex <laughs> Uh, so Yo basically just watching from the bushes there was like yeah manga and he's like Fuck it, this is, sounds awesome. Hey, so I've got, I, I, yeah, I fell in a waterfall and I've had amnesia until yesterday. So I'm a good person now.
1: <laughs> and I, I love that, like, they immediately are like, oh, well, you know, but there's so much work to go around for everybody. So come on in. And he's like, cool. So I'm forgiven for my crimes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> loud. It's, it's like, So no one will care all the, the things I did.
0: oh i definitely didn't don't remember those things i supposedly did oh i guess i'm forgiven so (laughs) it's like chang from community (laughs) but i do love that yuzuriha the most like innocent hardworking, dedicated goes along with all of senku's bad stuff uh people in the manga is just like oh well, there's a lot of work that he could help with. There's a lot of statues to be put together. I'll lead him there. And you, and she just stands in front of this massive pile of statues. And, oh, my God. And she's like, you'll help me with this, right? You mean we've got to put all these together every last one? Yeah. Isn't
1: that exciting? Okay. <laughs> and her eyes are like rolled back and dying. <laughs> I've been doing this all by myself for months. <laughs> She's like, doesn't seem super exciting? Putting together old men's stone dicks so they don't die and explode when they come back? Isn't it fun?
0: <laughs> Usuri has really ascended up my list of favorite characters in this series now because of this. It's like, oh, God, this poor girl. <laughs> and then we get some very dramatic stuff happening. I cut over from that. Because uh, Sukasa is basically a death's door. Uh, he's got uh, Ukyo and Taiju and, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten his name briefly. Um, Ukyo? Kaseki.
1: Oh, Kaseki. Yeah,
0: yeah, all looking after him. And Kaseki's trying to say, like, oh, you need your rest. And Sukasa says, no, 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 the kingdom of science is one. And the statues that I broke with my own two hands have turned out to be meaningless sacrifices. And uh, Taiji's like, We'll find everyone. You, we'll find every piece. You just tell us where they are. And we see, you know, he and Magma rushing around, gathering pieces, bringing them back to Yuzuriha and Yo to put together. And Ukio says, While he's there in the cave, Do you really remember the locations of every statue you broke? And Scott says, Of course. Not for a single moment have I forgotten. Showing more of like the type of person that Sukasa really is. You know, he understands the weight of actually taking a life. So. Um, Over time, the Kingdom of Science contacts the main village with the good news. Everyone's okay, Uh, And they're like, oh, so nobody died. And and Chrome starts to say, he's like, oh, yeah, everyone from the village, everyone from the village survived. I mean, no, no, nobody died, nobody at all. It's victory without sacrifice. Seku won't let him die. And we see Seku working a bit with Gen, doing some chemical stuff, Uh, and the medicine, yay. And so Gen says, like, so is this gonna save Sukasa? And Senku, you know, doesn't really say anything until he for a bit. He just says, like, well, stealing up the wound only prolongs the inevitable. It's not a magic spell that'll heal his busted organs. Uh, we cut over to the jail cell, uh, which is, you know, like the, basically a reinforced version of the cells that Sukasa's kingdom had before with like, you know, metal bars and stuff. <laughs> um. And uh Kyoga and Humura are in cages facing each other. And we're just like, you know, this isn't so bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Yoga. <laughs> this works out pretty well. Also, I've got freaking ramen, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> a giant leg of meat too. It's like actually yeah. pretty sweet. It's, 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 yeah. Prison system in the in the Stone Age is pretty good.
1: They're like free healthcare? Why does not everybody just go to prison?
0: <laughs> isn't this great? Yoga is the fuck everything Oh like, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Kohaku is basically the warden. Uh, she's serving them their meals. And uh, Hyoga's like, how naive and foolish you are. Why do you refuse to execute someone who killed his commander with that weak Thinking your community won't last long. And is like, you think the is going to die? Don't be absurd. <laughs> Ordinary people are always holding out hope for miracles. And is like, ah, yes. The perfect setup for this speech I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> miracles. Not Senku. Not even for a second. The path of science leads him where he needs to go, little by little, one painstaking step at a time. In this world, there's nobody stronger or more hardworking than him. And, uh, want see I, Senku I wanna know has come this, to a solution.
1: Has this been something they've done before? It's the first time I noticed that Kohaku's shield has the Kingdom of Science sigil on it now?
0: I think that's a new thing. Okay, well, um, I'm not sure
1: if that's always been there, and I just haven't noticed it, or if that was something new that now they're the Kingdom of Science and actually, like, The branding.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that they actually introduced the symbol of signs until, like, just now. So.
1: Well, they had the flag for a while.
0: Oh, I guess it's true. Was that the same flag that he had when he uh, said goodbye to and Taiju? I think so. okay.
1: the, The spaceship with stars.
0: Gotcha. I don't know if it's been a thing for a while. Maybe. Maybe it happened when he actually, you know, became the king. So. So Senku approaches Tsukasa, and he's got a few fragments of stone in his grip, and he says, there's one way to save you. We're going to petrify you again. The diabolical flash of light that nearly ended humanity, we'll use it for ourselves. Science will tell us what caused the petrification, and then that power will be ours. Get excited. He crushes the stones in his grasp. We get the introduction for the part three of the series, which is Dr. Stone. It's Dr. Stone, part three, Dr. Stone.
1: I hope like part four comes around. It's like Doctor Story, part four, Stone of Doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doctor Stone, part five, Stone to Doctor Stone.
1: <laughs> Period. Stone, Doctor.
0: Uh, I really like this way of approaching things. Um, you know, it allows Senku to, you know, maintain the approach of like, you know, victory without killing anyone. But also, if they just save, you know, Sukasa's life and that's it, it was like, well, that's going to make a lot of things really easy to have him on your side. So this is a good way of kind of having your cake, and eating it, too. It's like he's so badly injured that they have to find a way to save his life. And then once they do, it'll basically be to Mr. Freeze's wife him. Uh, so that's a good way of putting him on the shelf for a little bit. Yeah. Give him the kind of Fueggeleon treatment.
1: And they kind of have to. He's such a powerful character that, like... If you try to put any physical threat in front of senku it's going to be impossible to think like, this is a dude who's like all right kill lions with my hands like yeah They need something to like commission like to put out of the commission the strongest dude so
0: and it also adds some stakes but, to this. like
1: we 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 now have come to like sukasa a bit more as well so you're like i kind of hope he gets to live and actually spends time with his little sister and everything so yeah
0: um i am curious though because like well with yoga defeated then that's all the antagonists that were brought up and these, you know, past two parts just you know taken care of seemingly, even if it's a temporary thing. So you've got to think it's like, well, there's got to be something else that's on the horizon that'll, you know, because there have been plenty of things that are just like, oh, you know, just the world in general is just dangerous. But there's always been that lurking thread of like there is a timeline. There is, you know, an imposing thing happening that is going to eventually force an eventual confrontation. And there's nothing like that going on right now. So you have got things like, well, maybe a new antagonist is going to get introduced uh, at some point. Mm. Also, should point, should uh, mention by the way that uh, we've received word that apparently a Doctor Stone anime has been greenlit. So,
1: congratulations! I hope Inagaki gets to enjoy another good anime series, mm. and maybe one that's not as uh, mean, as Ice Age Twenty One.
0: you mean you mean like I think that you, what you mean is like gets to enjoy an actually good anime series. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on to two chapters of Seven Deadly Sins, because there wasn't mm-hmm. one published by Country World last week, so they did two. So we have two to talk about, starting with Chapter 288, Operation God. And we get kind of an interesting uh,
0: God.
1: cover sp- uh, cover page where it shows like each of the characters. And I don't know if it's deliberate, but it kind of looks a little bit like they're sized, kind of proportionate to how important they are to all this. So we get... You know, names her one, the dozing god of death, the head of the archangels, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of cool. Uh, so, last time, uh, shell was finally made to like be like, alright, fine, I'll stop trying. <laughs> fine, I'll work with you. <laughs> I'll stop trying to charge directly into it, and was preparing to work together with es- uh, Escanar. So, they go, and they're going to go in for this big attack. So, it- He lets go of Ludichel Escanard does, and then he throws a big attack. uh, Cruel, sun It blows up the ground. There's a bunch of rocks everywhere. And they're like, ha! Now he won't be able to counterattack because there's too many rocks for his visibility to be, uh, like, blocked. Uh, And they attack, and he blocks both attacks and knocks them both away. And they're like, what the fuck? How does he do this? (laughs) This is nonsense. (coughs) He's like, you're wasting my time. Now it's time to get serious. And the velocity of the suction has doubled and Merlin gets sucked in uh, and she doesn't have time to teleport. So she's about to get cut <coughs> when Escanar leaps in, grabs her, and takes the blow for her. And uh, she apologizes, or er, no, sorry. She says Escanar, he apologizes and says, I was only following my heart. And Merlin's like, okay. So he shoots-
0: Well, well I should note- He sees that she is also wounded. Hmm. There's like a tight. There's like a nick in her shoulder. And he's like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He sees that. And then he. I don't even know. He just radiates fireballs from him, essentially. And they start going everywhere. And I like Lute Shell's like, what the fuck, dude? you <laughs> trying to kill me, too? Uh,
0: but it's Shell has gotten a lot more likable during this fight with her getting knocked around a lot.
1: <laughs> when you just make her a joke for a while. It's just like, ah, I'm all bored now. Uh, but because of this attack... Merlin is able to see what's happening, and she's like, ah, something so simple yet heinous, has nothing to do with this field of vision, his hearing, or even sensing our presence. And she explains everything about him. Essentially, his stuff is automatic at this point. It's yeah. he's, His power is so strong, it's just raging around him, so nothing's going to get past him. That's his quote-unquote full react. Uh, so that's why blocking his visibility didn't matter, because it doesn't use visibility, everything like that. So, like, shit, this dude's super strong. And uh, Ludichal, because this this chick can't not get this dude, like, cannot If I just out. attack him really <laughs> fast! <laughs> 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 so, she almost gets fucking got, but then Guild Thunder leaps into the way and takes the blow. Uh, and then it's just Merlin and uh, sort of, like, uh, Escanar for a little bit. So, he's like... We'll just bear it for one minute. She's like, okay, I won't mess up. So she does her, her big combination thing, and she's she's teleporting again, and uh, Escanar approaches then, and he's uh, everyone's like, what? He's not affected by the ominous nebula that is walking towards him willingly? And Zeldrus has this little thing, he's like, whether it's Melodius or Esterosa, it seems that you and your brothers are pretty hell-bent on getting beat up by me. And Escanar's like, time's
0: up, bitch!
1: <laughs> and he has the one active.
0: The it's cat. high noon, baby!
1: Did you, uh, did you watch the Overwatch trailer for Ash?
0: Uh, No.
1: I, f- I find it amusing. She's the new character there. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, find it yeah. amusing because it's basically actually a McCree trailer. <laughs> so right, 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 right. I was like, this seems odd. Isn't <laughs> she the new character? Uh, It's very amusing. Uh, so, yeah, he activates the one. And that's this is then moving into Chapter 289, Pride versus P. Uh, so, going in. He's got the one. He's as strong as ever. This is basically the strongest character. This is the kind of person that managed to defeat Melodius at one point. So, is mm-hmm. even like, if that's true, then that only means Melodius wasn't giving his all. He's so strong. that He has a nasty habit of underestimating no stronger than him. And uh, I'm different. I'm When I'm facing off a lion or a mouse, I put him away with everything I've got.
0: He says a lion or a louse, actually. <laughs> nice. Great
1: great quality control. Yeah.
0: Whether I'm facing so, off against a lion or a house. <laughs>
1: a lion or a spouse. <laughs> uh so I love this because SNR is like cute and it slaps the shit out of him. But it doesn't work. So actually he is pretty strong. Uh and like Zelda's like uh, i don't know who there's a lot of people who just comment on sh- stuff and you don't know who's directly yeah, yeah. saying it but someone's like he repelled an attack from Escanor while he's under influence of the one it can't be all that it amounted to was a scratch and we see uh Escanar looks at his axe and he's like fuck this <laughs> he flings it, he's like <laughs> he and he just starts using his hand instead he uses the holy sword of Escanor which is just his hand and he starts slicing down uh, and they're like, wow, that's fucking crazy. And that's when uh, Chandler starts to, he's like, that's Grace. That's the Archangel, uh, males, the sun. Uh, so Kusack, who I finally now learned his name because enough people have told me, Cusack's like, then you know what this means, Chandler. And he's like, yes. So we're going to see something there. Uh, and we just see Escanar is still like coming down with his hand. And. <laughs> <laughs> Zeldrus is just like, you don't get it. This is an ancient battle between. This is an ancient and fated battle between demons and goddesses. What reason does a human like you have to risk your life in this fight? Fuck your shit! <laughs> he's still like. <laughs> he actually says he's doing it for a friend.
0: I fight for my friends.
1: Yeah. And uh Zeldris is like, you call Melodius uh, your friend, that, that cold blooded and unfeeling guy. That man isn't capable of such frivolous feelings. And there's a flash of light and. Escanar's power is so much that he's actually nullified the Omnilus Nebula. He's just, like, put so much power into it that Zeldris can't put anything away. So Zeldris tries to leap away, and uh, Escanar's like, you're not getting away. The Holy Spear of Escanar! And just, like, finger poke of doom! This <laughs> impales him with his finger and is sending him flying, and it looks like he's about to kill him. When he turns back into a normal person, he's like, <laughs> and he falls. And uh, we see that um, uh, Merlin has realized what's happened. Chandler has covered the castle in darkness, thus nullifying the sun powers of Escanar and kind of putting him back to his weakest state. Uh, so there's this big explanation where they're like, at that moment, Zeldrus's two magic powers had disappeared because Escanar's one blow instantly knocked him out, forcing them to terminate. But the Pierce. Of uh, of hell, and I I can't yeah. But the, the prince, prince of hell. sorry, the prince of hell. I had on my glasses on. The prince of hell immediately came to. It took a mere 0. 0.8 seconds, and from there, it take approximately one second for the demon lord to retaliate. Shink! <laughs> Luda just fucking kills him. <laughs> Mine. She, she swings in, takes him down. It looks like, and it is a cool line where she's like. like, "Just know that in my presence, just blinking can cost you your life."
0: So. Cool, couple of chapters, it's uh, one of those things where it worked out with Seven Deadly Sins that like, yeah, there was one where they skipped a week, but hey, at least when they came out together, they worked well, well together. So mm-hmm.
1: it was a good like sequence to get back to
0: back. And uh, I oh. will say that when I saw Eskin you know, activating, you know, the one I was like, oh, this is where he just gets his shit kicked in, isn't it? Because like, it's, it's it's one of those things where you think, oh, it's like the strongest thing you've seen so far. Now it's time for him to get his ass kicked. Because that's how these things go. And no, he fucking destroys Zeldris, but they make it so that, you know, it's not just a a pure one-on-one fight between them. So it's, you know, other stuff happens and that's not it. So I really do appreciate that.
1: And I think the thing I I ended up enjoying the most out of all this is that, like, we joked, like, Ludichel kept fucking, like, getting knocked around and being almost this comedic character. And in that moment, you've kind of forgotten about her. She just swoops in. St- it's, it's like very much like that kind of thing that um, we love about World Trigger a lot during like the B-Rank Wars where like a character, you're like, oh, I completely forgot that that does something cool. Where I, was, mm-hmm. like, I completely forgot about Shell to that moment. And then she just starts like, Sexing! she's like, don't ever blink around me, bitch. And I was like, that's pretty dope.
0: Good couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on then to The Promised Neverland it's chapter 111 unwanted guest amazingly the kids that set out andrew found them <laughs> um emma finds out that dominic and Ash, and uh, dominic and alicia and whoever else went with them are gone and they're like oh no uh, well, they've taken their things and they're outside. We've got to go and find them and bring them back. So they rush outside of their hideout and they're like, oh, we've got to go. Oh, gunshots. We've got to go. And then a kid gets shot in the fucking head and then another gets shot in the fucking ankle. <laughs> well, OK. And uh, Andrew shows up. He looks like Two-Face because one side of his face has just been messed up by the explosion that he survived. And he's got Alicia in his arm. He's like, I've got a fucking hostage now. Get down on your knees or I'll kill her. So Ray and Emma and uh, Jillian and a couple of others, they, they'll get down on their hands and knees. Uh, and they're like, oh, we've got to buy time. Well, some other people flank him and uh, ambush him. And then he's like, I see you. Don't try anything or I'll kill them. Phil, shit, nothing works. it, Zach, you're useless. And you're like, stop kicks dominic in the spine and so everyone's just like fuck this and they pick up their weapons and all point them at him and andrew just says you're not gonna shoot me right emma yeah i know who you are i heard about you from phil and they're like what did you do with phil and he's like oh. anyway so he just you know moves past that without explaining himself and he says all of you care about your family and you're kind foolishly kind the three who were with these pipsqueaks. Do you know how they died? They couldn't shoot me. They hesitated to shoot a human. I was wounded and they had the advantage in the numbers and the opportunity. But instead, I just curb stumped them with my gun. I was able to kill them so easily. He's human. He'll feel pain. And if we kill him, the life we took will come back. They probably imagined those things. Those fucking idiots. Now they're dead. So anyway, no, you're going to kill me. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's one of those things where are like Man, I wish this dude had actually done something to this point where I'd be like, that's yeah, kinda cool, he's like a villain, but he's just sitting there, he's like, evil, 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 evil! I'm gonna hold a gun up to this child, and I'm gonna kick this cat at the same time, and I'm going to fly on my taxes, and I'm going to downvote the new She-Ra show. Like he's just like, I'm gonna do maniacally evil things.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I guess the idea is just that he's been in so control to this point, but he hasn't really gotten to do very much up up to now. So it doesn't feel like it's like okay, yeah, here's this guy, he's got a hostage. I
1: say that the trauma of being in that explosion has made him unhinged at this point, and oh sure, kind of what's going on, but it's just not interesting in the way that mm-hmm. they. Want it. It's just like a very like silly speech that he starts shouting
0: out. <laughs> In order for, you know, a character breaking to be interesting, you have to actually have a character there to begin with. And Andrew's just been like a guy lurking, Mm -hmm. hunting them down. And the only thing that we've known about him is that he's just like an unfeeling sadistic monster to this point. He's like, you know, if you're just Kettle, you're going to die. It's like, okay, that's a character. So. Yeah, I think that if he had been given more build along the lines of like crone then yeah him breaking would have been much better but whatever oh no some children died chris
1: yeah again like uh, this is the thing i was kind of hoping we never get to in the promised neverland where like they've killed so many of the kids now and you're like i don't know any of these kids like yeah i can't even i don't even know if all these are kids from like fucking goldie pond or if they're kids from the actual farm who i've just like they just never gave attention to like it feels like a couple are just people like i just never i don't even know who they are or whatever like they just i don't know they're dudes and they got killed and they got ganked
0: it is it does feel cheap to have you know emma say like i'll save my whole family and then it introduces people from goldie pond and then they're like the disposable ones it's like that's that's Lazy. not
1: the point of what I think Emma's goal is. Like she's trying to save everybody, so it feels like, it feels like for the much as much effort that was given to like, hey, um, uh, what was Hugo is dead now. Should have also been given to those two dudes who died in the the, yeah. the, the bunker because you're like Emma should care about those two as much as she cares about Hugo for her character.
0: They're all her family in her mind. Mm-hmm. And it's really being passed over and injured. So, yeah, I killed those kids. that were with these two. The ones that have names, they survived. Yeah. So. I don't know. If you if you don't make me care about the characters, I'm not going to. So. All right. Uh, let's move on to Black Clover.
1: Was there a block is that over it? this is week? That... Yeah, I think it is. I'm, I'm, I'm like forgetting if there was one or that's right. well. So, so it's the,
0: it's the climax of the fight, and then it's like, uh, okay, other stuff happened. <laughs> so,
1: page one eighty one, spatial mage brother. So last time, Finral uh, teleported in Yami and uh, the great hero Jack the Ripper, uh, <laughs> so that they could take down uh, the elf that's possessing. Oh, I tried Langris. That's his name, uh, possessing Langris, and he's like, oh, you did this, but. I'm a little bit faster, and you went to the trouble of calling him just so you could all die together. And Finra's like, no, these guys are magic knight captains. They're definitely going to handle this somehow. And they do. They they specifically do. They they just clown him and knock him out. Dunk. Uh, but then his power is still like going crazy, and he creates like a giant cross of energy at one point. Or no, he creates giant orbs that rip across in the sky, it looks like. Uh, the, entire, tearing everything.
0: Yeah. the entire castles ceiling gets eaten away, basically.
1: Yeah. So they're like, whoa, this is crazy. What are we supposed to do about this? And Finral's like, now it's actually over at this point because it's so fucking crazy at this point. He's never going to notice my magic. Uh, so Finral literally just teleports in behind him and punches the shit out of Langris. <laughs> uh, and we get like kind of this little flash or I guess imagery to say like Langris is like this, this trap boy inside of his own mind. And he's like for a brilliant little brother, you sure cause a lot of trouble seriously. And it's like, Oh, Finral showed up and he's like, sorry, I'm weak. So it took me a while, Langris and like to help him out. Cause he's now, I don't, is it a thing that when you beat the elf, they lose the thing or is it solely that they need to have the spell undone?
0: It's friendship, Chris, it's friendship and hugging.
1: Yeah. All right. So, they do, uh, there
0: is specifically a thing, though, that they actually have to have, like, their magic negated. But hang on a second. Yeah, so Langer still has the pointy ears. Yeah, so, so he
1: still is an elf for the moment. But they knock him out. And uh, there's a little moment where they both fall down. Their, their hands look, are kind of, like, on top of one another. So, yeah. yay! Fenrir saved his brother. Uh, then we cut over. And it's Gaush <laughs> flying in. And he's like I'm here and everywhere sorry no it's leash showing up or Patrick I can't fucking remember these goddamn character it's like six names it's,
0: it's it's leashed <laughs> that we thought was leashed not actual OG Leashed. so Leash's brother Patrick. Mm-hmm.
1: So Patrick arrives and he's uh, the guy who's inside of Le- uh, Gauche is like what you're just looking like leash now? Uh, and there's like a whole thing of them being like talking. Rhea shows up there and they're kind of like a reunion between them. They're like, wow, the gang's all here. And I'm like, I could tell the chemistry between you guys is intense.
0: Hey, <laughs> remember those things that we used to do a thousand years ago? Yeah. Good times.
1: Uh, and they're like, yeah, I guess uh, last year must have gone on quite the rampage. All that's left is to fit the final magic stone in the pedestal of the castle and activate a stealth that uses the whole kingdom. Uh, And yeah, they already have it because somebody had that stone and got taken over. I can't tell the speech bubbles above their head, which I assume is intentional. And they're like, we'll wash away the mouse that's been afflicted with a side effect of the forbidden magic and complete our reincarnation. We'll wipe out the humans regaining a world that populated only by peaceful elves. And we cut over to Yam and he's like, lot of tough dudes on that butt rock. Because <laughs> it just looks like there's a butthole on the rock. That's what my mind went.
0: <laughs> I think that's supposed to be Yuno. What,
1: there? Oh, you know had the stone?
0: He's got a. He has a necklace that he had as a kid, so oh, I think that then that's then supposed they, to be the implication.
1: Then they don't have it unless they're like, "Well, we'll just." Well, because
0: well, because you know, you know, is an elf, but they but he's got that. control of himself, mm-hmm. so
1: maybe they don't realize that, or maybe he's thinking that, or
0: maybe he's saying that maybe he's saying that's like, no, 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 This thing are still going. You know, it's not so
1: awesome. He can negate the spell on his own, maybe, uh, but yeah, Yami's like, I wonder what my idiots are doing if they're sitting on their butts. I'm gonna flatten them all, and then fucking Jack the Ripper is like, no, I'll slash them. And uh, it, it it sounds like it was meant to continue because Yami's like, no, I'm gonna like they were just gonna sit back, like, no, I'm gonna kill all my students. No, I. No, I'm am. gonna. No, kill, no I'm <laughs> gonna rip their jaws off. Yeah, well, I'm gonna punch their dicks so hard it goes through their eyeballs. He's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off their fingers and feed them to their cat. And just like, wait guys, it's getting kind of morbid. I'm
0: gonna kill them I'm gonna I'm gonna drag their family on in front of their eyes and murder them in front of them and watch their blood pour onto the carpet.
1: Not these were your friends. No, they're the, his friends. I'm a serial killer.
0: I'm Jack the Ripper. I'm the great hero Jack the
1: Ripper. Yeah, that's a chapter.
0: So yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot to say about this. I do like that uh, the fight with Flankus was decided because Finral is just like. I got this and just teleports in front of him and punches him in the fucking face. Um, But that's really all I have to say about it. it Um, uh, Okay, we got to do a lot of housekeeping on one piece, Um, because that's basically what happens here. A lot of stuff moves around. Um, I'll say up front, this is like one piece is going on break next week and it's a pretty appropriate time to do so because like, okay, yeah. A very important milestone basically, not milestone, but uh we got to a big stopping point basically in this arc. It's chapter nine hundred and twenty-four. Huh. Well, that's that's the name of the <laughs> chapter. So
1: well, I wonder if someone was like saying it to like Oda. Like Oda was like, uh chapter two ninety-four, uh, what's the chapter title? And he's just huh? huh? He's like, oh okay that's <laughs> wrote down. he's like no it's supposed to be like act one Avenge, <laughs> revenge of the Wano, or something like that he's like no
0: it's uh apparently it was something that had something to do with like what the Japanese version of the uh dialogue at one point was but whatever it doesn't matter um Luffy of course was taken out by Kaido in one shot after unleashing everything he had at him uh if he is still alive, of course, no problem. So Law is there, and he's like, I better grab him and get the fuck out of here. Uh, but all of a sudden, he's hit by something in the arm, and that's when, once again, Hawkins shows up. And uh, he says, yeah, so I just shot you with a sea prism stone bullet, or nail, rather. Uh, he says that only in Wano can you find the arsons capable of fashioning a sea prism stone so small. So Law's a bit fucked, because he can't, uh, you know, use his devil fruit ability. So Basil jumps in with his sword in order to attack him. But we cut away before we can see how that unfolds uh, over to Kaido. Uh, and he's, you know, looking down on Luffy's unconscious body. And he says, It may be an indomitable spirit or an empty bluff, but he's been glaring at me this entire time. And everyone's like, He's knocked out, boss. What do you mean? And Kaido's just like, Ah, he, he'll make a good soldier once his spirit is broken. So lock him up to you know, take him away. I also don't write anything about pirates on the notice papers. Interest from the outer seas is forbidden. Hmm. Very protective of uh, what goes around in the kingdom, it looks like. Uh, but as some of uh, his followers lean down to try and take Luffy, they suddenly just collapse. And they're like, whoa, what's what else going on? And uh, we see that uh, what's his face, the large samurai that was on the run earlier,
1: uh, uh, Ashura Ash- Ash- Doji—that's his name. Yeah, well, he called himself or, Shutenmaru, but yeah,
0: uh, he says like yeah, it looked like Lord Odin's special trick. So that and that guy who was passed out did it apparently. And Kyle's kind of was like, ah, another one of these assholes with the color of Supreme King. God damn, Hot, we don't need man. these people.
1: <laughs> <Hot> soccer. <laughs>
0: Ah, fuck it. I'm dealing with Law later. I'm just going to go drink now. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if he flies into, like, a giant balloon of liquor or something like that, he's like, I'm going to keep this around. <laughs> it seems, It's very impractical, but ooh, I need to get drunk quickly.
0: So Law has managed to get away from uh, Hawkins, and he's like, oh, shit. It sucks that they can actually just shoot sea stone bullets now. Um, and he's like, I hate to leave Luffy behind, but well, get much, not, not much I can do about it. Uh, Basil says, uh, that, uh, you know, it's like, we'll track him down. You know, he won't escape And anyway, We've got one of them to one of the two of them. So that's, that's good enough for now. We cut over to Okabori town. Uh, and, uh, of course people are recovering from the aftermath of the destruction that kind of it caused and also Luffy had caused by punching him into it. Uh, and, uh, oh no, wait, that happened elsewhere. Because he fought him in, like, the main town, not in Okobori. But yeah. After the food raids, basically. Uh, and there are people, of course, who were b- beat up as well, and, uh, Otsuru is caring for one of them. And, uh,. Ki- <laughs> this is just weird. It's, it's. So, Kinemon shows up, and he's, like, got one of the, like, bandit masks around his face. And he's like. Because he's incognito, I guess. He doesn't want anyone to recognize him. He's like, oh, Otsuru, you're still so beautiful, but we can't be together until Lauren's wishes have been accomplished. But the important thing that happens is that while he's doing that, he happens to see uh, Shutamaru, you know, going around and he walks around a building and he's like, oh, what the hell? i sure he's here. Then we cut to Wano Castle and uh, Okiku sees that, like, yeah, of course everyone survived. Um... But uh, what happened was uh, Shino, the old uh, ninja, used her devil fruit ability to basically age the ground around them so that they sank into the mountain and were uh, shielded from the explosion. And there's a brief little joke where, like, you know, they've sunk into a pit, and a whole bunch of people are like, oh, we've got to get out of here. This, you know, this is, this, the, otherwise, the sinkhole is going to reach the ocean and we're going to drown. And up uh, above the the sinkhole, Saji's like, I finally carried all of the ladies out to safety. <laughs> just left the rest of them down there. He's just like,
1: good luck, everyone else.
0: <laughs> I had forgotten. I was like, all right, Saji can just fly basically now. <laughs> Falling is no not a problem as long as he's there to carry them. And between panels, yeah, he just gets everyone else out of there. Um, and, uh, Okiku says that she has something important to pass on to everyone else, but that we got elsewhere because, uh, Dogstrom has come across, uh, Otama, uh, knocked out Otama and she's, uh, still breathing, not dead as Luffy had suspected. And of course, Dogstrom is very pissed off about this. Cause like, oh, Kaido, come on. She's, she's just a child. Uh, a little bit of time goes by and, uh, An extra comes out, an extra edition of the newspaper, and we see the three incognito straw hats all have the same reaction to the news about Luffy. They
1: all have not only the same reaction, they all start trying to say the same sentence, basically, with, like, each one abruptly ending
0: faster. Oh, hey, Luffy, he made it into. (laughs) The one that gets
1: me. Is the Robin face. She's normally not the one who's involved in this stuff. And for her to be like, oh, Luffy's already... (laughs) (laughs) And
0: I'm not sure exactly what it is that they're specifically reacting to. I I don't know if Luffy shows up in a really embarrassing way. Or if it's that he tried to fight Kaido and lost.
1: (laughs) That or he may have been like they may have noted like criminal arrested or something like Mm -hmm.
0: that. But they know they they recognize who Luffy is, or so. I, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. So well, I
1: assume it says like Luffy has like come to Wano and is being arrested, or is joining Kaido, or whatever. You know, they they put out whatever propaganda they want.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Of course, it's propaganda, right? So. <laughs> uh, and also the news news of this reaches uh, Zorro, who is uh, sailing down some sort of a stream with someone. Um, and. Uh, apparently, actually, that's a, that's something. So he's. He's also eating on the boat. Hmm. And they're like, are you sure you could pay for this? So I don't know, I guess it's some sort of like. Cruise canoe. I don't know. Uh, then a day passes and we go over to udon in wano where there's this big old factory and a bunch of slaves are laboring away in there uh and uh then we see that uh someone has taken a poisonous fish over to this cell and uh the guy who's doing is like so what's in this cage and uh Another guy just says like I don't know, but we throw in a poison fish a day, and we gotta remove the bones uh, before we toss it in there. Uh, I hear the fish were meant for executions, only this one's living off of them. They uh, think one of them is like, could it be like a dial? But then why would I don't know? Hmm. So hmm, something is inside of this cell that can live off of these fish things, uh, and. Uh, At that moment, Luffy is led into the prison. He's, you know, got cuffs on his hands. His face is all bandaged up because he got beaten to shit by Kaido. And everyone's, of course, mocking him because, uh, you know, you guys ass kicked. He's just a scrawny guy if you don't know anything about him. Uh, But he's, you know, glaring at everyone. They're like, ah, tough guy here. And then one of the jailers just has a fishbone corpse thrown into his neck uh, through the cell that uh, it was fed into. And they're like, oh, my God, I told you to take the bones out. Whoa, what's in that cell? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, Luffy is led further down and, and thrown into a different cell, topples head over heel and lands against the opposite wall. And his wall happens to share the wall of Eustace Kid's cell. And both of them say at the same time as they're stewing in their cells, I'll get you, Kaido. And they're like, huh? And uh, the same uh, guitar playing uh, woman from who introduced the land of Wano shows up strumming her guitar as the curtains close on Wano Act One.
1: Literal curtains close. I fucking love that. That. Full aesthetic is gonna go on, I guess, throughout this arc. That we're literally gonna get like a three act play because the curtains close on the scene we're watching too. It's not like they like pan out but it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Or They're just like, nope. Here are the curtains. This is a fucking play. That's how <laughs> this is gonna be framed. It's pretty dope, and I am uh, a super excited for this because I mean, Kid is such an important character of the Supernova, so it's interesting. But like, it adds a lot of questions for me to wonder now, like. So what happened to Apu? We haven't seen him. He's Mm -hmm. the third part of this group. What happened to Killer, who is, like, Kid's uh, first mate? So that's another character who should be out there somewhere. Like, it's definitely setting up for this idea of, like, oh, maybe it's going to be, like, this big alliance. The same alliance I think we actually saw back in um, Shenbadi Archipelago, when it was Kid, Law, and Luffy fighting together against um, Kazaku. Or no, Kuma? They fucking, mm. I think it was I think it was Kazaku. Uh, but yeah, like they might be the three that have to team up together to take down Kaido. It's, it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it.
0: Do you think the implication is supposed to be that it was kid who is in the dark cell? Or is that supposed to be someone else?
1: No, I think it's kid because he has the same eyes.
0: Well, but it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> I, I think it's specific. like he's got the same eyes. He's got the same eyes that Luffy has in the final page. Well, they talk so.
1: about how like it's the... Like, they're, they're in there to kind of get beaten down enough that they'll, like, join the other side or whatever. So, like, these are strong people. I'm assuming it's the same person. I don't know. Maybe it's not. That was my assumption. Kids in a different cell. People are saying different cell. I don't know. I assumed it was the same cell. I guess no. it would make sense if they keep noting that it's a person who can eat poisonous fish and never get sick. So maybe it's someone who has, like, an ability to eat poison and not die.
0: Mm, I don't know. All right. Let's finish things up then with uh, World Trigger. World Trigger! World Trigger! It's World Trigger Chapter 167, Susanari 1, Part 2, on page 64 of the Shonen Jump Reader. There's a lot of numbers here is, what I'm, is uh, my point. So the Rank War battle has actually begun now with everyone being uh, placed all over the map. Uh notably Chica is inside of the main building, so uh immediately they're like, We gotta get her out of here. I do like that we have this map establishing where everyone is at the beginning, so you can see their comparative positions and also who's wearing a bagworm and stuff. Uh and yeah, that's the first basically thing that happens. It's like, okay, yeah, you gotta move move her outside. Uh the commentators Briefly discuss, like, hey, do you think that there's a exact reason why Susanari one shows that the map should be at night? And Ashihara, you know, throws out some ideas and is like, well, you know, you can provide visual support and agents can use night vision, uh, so this shouldn't give experienced snipers much trouble. But if you have to switch back and forth with visual support between dark and well lit areas, then that could create a bit more work for operators, especially Tomakoma two, because they've got four people. And uh, that does come into play in this chapter. Uh, Osama issues some orders and you know, tells everyone, okay, you know everyone you know converge, get together, uh, and we do see some orders being exchanged between a few different teams. Asuma, uh Asuma's team uh, ex- exchanges communications. We see Kageura using uh, his uh, attack trigger uh, as a Spider-Man slinger claw. It is pretty you know, dope. It's pretty cool. Uh, and he's communicating with Zoe, uh, and Yuzuru, uh, is on his way as well. Zoe basically immediately comes across uh, uh Ko, and just, they're like, you know, on I think that they're separated by like ba- they're on different balconies, because uh, this is a huge building that has something like the that has something like a total of like eight floors, uh, with. Uh, I guess it's like six... It's six floors and a roof, I should say. Um, so they... And there's an opening in the middle of it so you can fire between uh, balconies on different floors. Uh, then we sp- go... There's also uh, Taichi uh, crawls on his belly in order to creep around a bit so that he doesn't get spotted uh, by uh, Susanari's captain. Um and uh't Taichi part of Suzanari? not Suzanari. uh Kage, it's kagirick squad Suzanari squad and Ozma squad yeah no so, no this uh, this this guy's the captain of Suzanari squad the blonde cat the blonde guy that Taichi comes across yeah
1: yeah that's his captain
0: oh oh who's he sa- I got confused because he, like, spots someone running down the hall.
1: Koala, which I don't know if that's supposed to be... It must be um, one of the dudes from Azuma Squad, one of their attackers. The blonde one, I think.
0: There's too many blondes in this fight, I swear. <laughs>
1: There's also a lot of fucking, like, mooks in the fight that I don't care about.
0: <laughs> Stupid hat. So, uh, the big important thing that happens is that Okudera triggers his bagworm. Uh, which surprises the commentators. Uh, so the only thing that they think is like, well, he had the back worm on before and it's kind of late to, you know, start being covert. And it's also too early to be doing sneak attacks. So they're like, he's probably just doing it in order to confuse the other operators. as he's disappearing and reappearing. They've got to, you know, take notice of that. And then they get distracted. Uh, so this is probably something that's, you know, it's, he's learned just from being underneath Osma squad. Uh, more gunfighting t- uh, breaks out, just like straight up a firefight occurs between the balconies, between Zoe and uh, two members of Susanari. Uh, and as uh, Osamu was creeping around, he hears the firefight and then randomly he and Okudera happen to be, co- go down like the same uh, alley and they're like, oh shit. And they and Okudera immediately whirls around and engages him. And uh, everyone's like, oh fuck. And uh, they, because they uh, were both using bagworm, they didn't realize what was happening until they actually visually spotted each other uh, and immediately, uh, oh God, I forgotten her, I'm blanking on her name. Operator for ta- Tamakoma. Oh, uh, Shiori. She, yeah. Shiori's uh, apologizes like, oh, that's on me. I, I didn't notice. And Yuma st- stops in his tracks from where he was going in order to go and back up Osamu. And Osamu just says like, no, no, listen, uh, I'll just, you know, lure Osama squad, towards you guys our strategy is going to be the same just keep doing what you're going to do before and we basically end the chapter with just like here's everything that's going on right now Ozma squad is is converging on Captain Mikumo Kageri's squad versus Suzunari in the upper floors is are engaged in a gunfight uh, and um, then i forget the blonde commentator's name he mentions to Yuitsuka, the girl Mia
1: squad it doesn't matter yeah. member of Nina Mia squad who's not Nina Mia
0: right right he says so you haven't actually seen Susanari's latest strategy because these days they are, they've been cooking up something a little different and uh, that's where the chapter ends as Ko draws uh, this black bladed trigger from, from uh, his side
1: I wonder if it's, like, a sword that... Because usually when something becomes black, it has the weight it's added to it. It's
0: very important, yeah.
1: So, if it's a sword that maybe, if it hits you, weighs you down? I don't know. It seems weird, because usually the sword would cut, but... Mm-hmm.
0: It's a very weird-looking sword, too, so...
1: Very intriguing. I, we also see that, like, Husa has gotten into the building now. Uh, Yuma's still on top of the roof, so... We're seeing the members converge, but yeah, Osamu is in a pretty bad spot. Do they note where uh, Chica's still in the... No. Well, she's on Bagworm, so no one knows exactly where she's at right now. So maybe Chica right. can, can help out Osamu, but yeah.
0: It seems as though she did get outside of the building, because you see there is a, a shot that shows, like, here's where everyone who's in the mall is. Uh-huh. Uh, so, But
1: I don't know if that's supposed to be what they can determine without the uh, the bagworms.
0: Well, you can see Taichi uh, on the map, yeah, and he's sure. wearing a bagworm. That's right, so. that's
1: right. So, yeah, she must have, I guess, maybe got out of the mall. No.
0: Yeah, because she was actually, she started off inside of it and she was actually yeah. heading out, so.
1: I'm so pumped for the next chapter, Nick. And then it goes monthly after that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> but I'm so happy it's back. All right. Yeah.
0: Let's close things out. <sighs>
1: All right, uh, I think, uh, I guess I will give my chapter of the week to, I'm going to give it to One Piece, because I do really like that ending. There's, like, something aesthetically to the way it's all being, like, put together that feels special and kind of cool that I really dig. And I do just love Robin's reaction. To like, all of them have great, but it's just the fact that Robin never is one of those people. And it's right, like, right, right. it's a great shot. Um, so I'll give it to, I'll get to One Piece for my favorite series of the week.
0: Uh, I am going to give it to Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, I did really, I really just liked the way that the fight itself uh, ended up playing out in these two chapters, and uh, I love that Escanor did get to actually kick kick his ass by stabbing him through the stomach to the through the uh, chest rather with his finger. So hmm.
1: I don't know who my character of the week is. I'm trying to think, and my mind goes to. Might just be Ida.
0: Mm. I'm gonna go with us. I'm gonna go with Tsukasa. Okay. Uh, I like the uh establishment and this kind of this changing of him Food to Food
1: Wars Tsukasa or yeah. Dr. Stone Tsukasa.
0: <laughs> Dr. Stone Tsukasa. Food Wars Sukasa didn't do anything except like, get it. He, he succeeded, workers. he made a
1: really tasty looking dish.
0: <laughs> Whatever, who cares? <laughs> That's a good point, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. all right uh thank you everyone for joining us here on smashcast.tv slash and twitch.tv slash where we start recording the show each week usually about thursdays uh 7 30 uh, p.m but next week we're probably going to be doing it on wednesday considering that next week here in the united states it's going to be thanksgiving so probably going to be recording on wednesday instead Uh, you can check out our past episodes on weeklymogorecap.podbean.com. You can check us on iTunes, check us on YouTube, leave comments and ratings and subscribe and all that good stuff so that you can help out and we'll defeat the woodworkers and dominate the hobby section of the podcast and all that good stuff. Also, be sure to follow your host. We're going to help
1: Becky Lynch get back at, uh, at, uh, what's her name? Nick. we just got to ride every popular train going right now.
0: Well, she did get a concussion, so. Wait, uh, we're going
1: to help her. We're going to figure out a technology to undo concussions and reverse time so we can go back and get that Survivor Series matchup we've all been waiting for. Woo!
0: Just that one use of reversing concussions, yes. though.
1: <laughs> a lot of football players are going to want this technology, but we have to destroy it. It's too dangerous. <laughs> Just like Reed Richards taught us.
0: If you could cure cancer, you shouldn't.
1: <laughs> if we help people with their concussions, something worse than concussions will come along.
0: You can also follow your hosts on Twitter at Relotee and at Nick F Time and follow the podcast account as well at WMR Podcast. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. Support allows us to create all sorts of fun bonus content for you guys to enjoy. And uh, if you want to leave us feedback, send us a question for our Q&A episodes or a suggestion for us to read, you can do that stuff via email. weeklymongerrecap at Yahoo.com. But also be sure to check out the Discord channel. You can leave a recommendation there. And uh, Ninja X3i has done a great job of compiling a whole bunch of recommendations that you guys have left for us, as well as all of the series that we've covered prior to this. Special thanks go out as well to Steve Man, our title card artist, and to Infamous Planet for all of this stuff that you do. Speaking want, of want, Infamous I Planet...
1: A, uh, I was going to say, I want to give a specific shout out to Steve Mann for the title card art this week. I thought it was super awesome. And if you ever like any of Steve Mann's title card art, make sure to hit up, up on Twitter. Just be like, yo, I love that title card you did for Weekly Manga Recap this week. Uh, Yeah. Again, Steve Man art on Twitter. Uh,
0: But speaking of infamous planet, Chris, he is actually one of the people who suggested the (gasps) manga that we're going to be covering for next time. Is it something less garbage than MXO? Well, we'll see. Uh, It's called Kumo Nanika, which means I'm a spider. So what? Uh, Basically, it is about a guy who uh, is part of a class that uh, is all killed and they reincarnate into various different things. But uh, one of them uh, is reincarnated into a spider. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right, then. Very good. <laughs> Let's check that out, then. All right. Do we have anything we want to go off on? Uh, no. All right. Great energy. That's how yeah. We, that's, how we, that's how we get to the top.
0: I love doing this every week, Chris. Can't you tell?
1: I feel it use over there <laughs>